podcast, The Final Frontier. These are the conversations of the friendship Matt Myra and Andrew Secunda. Their continuing mission. To seek out old adventures with contrived civilizations. To boldly watch episodes that one of them has watched before. Hey everybody, welcome to Star Trek The Next Conversation. It's the galaxy's greatest Star Trek podcast, uh, bar none, really. Every other Star Trek podcast out there is insignificant compared to us. I'm Matt. I'm Andy. And I want to know the reason why. Mm, Why are you, Andy? Well, I had a lot of choices. I could go with uh, Gary. Uh, Mm -hmm. I could go with uh, Bob. What's Um, your middle name? I'm not going to say... Okay, all right. But I'm going to let people keep it guess. Keep close to the vest. Keep it close I'm going to let people no guess, and I'm going to say it could be a girl's name or a boy's name. Okay. So, all right. All so right. send Look. in your guesses. Send in your guesses <laughs> to the sweepstakes, to the Andy's middle name sweepstakes. <laughs> I assume it's online somewhere. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not going to Google it when I have a pretty good source in front of me who refuses to say it. I'm fine. I'm <laughs> Uh, Paul, yeah, I think I'm sure I knew that at some point. That's uh, uh, Matthew Paul Myra. Yeah, I yeah. guess Matthew's pretty pretty straight. So no, no. What let you mean? Uh, Matt, I mean, I was going to say, oh, Paul does it. Paul seems like too straight a name, but Matthew's the straightest of names. Yeah, not straight in terms of of uh, preference. I mean, straight straightforward, popular name. Correct. Yeah. Um, I mean. Whenever I meet a Matt, I'm like, "Oh, you were born between 1975 and 1985, weren't you?" Right. <laughs> the do you is it uh, no no Latino spin at all? Spin? No, mm. I think the Latinoism sort of like. I mean, my grandmother was Gloria, my grandfather was <laughs> Juan, so we have it pretty close in the lineage. But gotcha. You know, were they disappointed that it was so whitey white? The name? I don't think so because we were. It's two. It's two disciples. Uh, yeah, Catholic. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's so Catholic that it fits. It fits the entire Iberian Peninsula right. thanks to the Crusades. You know, no problem. In Boston, none. Sure. What would the uh, what's the what's the Spanish version of uh, Matthew? Anything? Mateo. Mateo. There you go. Mateo Mira. Um, let's. Do we now. have a to poll? Do you, oh my god! And then we're asking if they should watch this. We should watch the episode. This is the question. And a to poll, your choice. We'll do it in the hails, Captain's choice. We'll do it in the hails because it concerns the previous episode. I believe I've said this and forgotten. So I'm well, saying it again. the way you said it also before, which was also reasonable, is oh, it can, it it pertains to the previous episode. Therefore, it should be at the top of the 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 next episode so you can argue it either way well really i think our format is not particularly (laughs) sensical i also think that i I said i wanted to run it to poll you forbid me from running it to poll and then in defiance i said i was going to run it anyway but of course i forgot which is usually how most of our fights with each other end up that was yesterday (laughs) well it seems like it was a long time ago ago. it was a voyager wasn't it (laughs) was it a voyager it was a voyager poll 
Okay. Anyway, let's <laughs> let's talk about this episode, Second Sight, real quick here. Andy, would you have them watch this episode? It's got romance. You know, Secunda's on board. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Matt. Would you have them watch this episode? Save yourself some time and no, don't. <laughs> I can't believe that he said you should watch this episode. I mean, this, this is, just, is absurd. This is a difference of interest. That's all that's going on here. <laughs> oh, this is a terrible story that has... Uh, whatever, we'll get into it, <laughs> I guess. Uh, all right, so now we'll go to the Admiral's Club. Welcome to the Admiral's Club. Bling. That's actually the that's the doorbell. They'll let us in in a second. Ah, here we go. Go to iTunes, leave a five-star review, and join the Admiral's Club. Now, how do they get into the Admiral's Club? Uh, leave a five-star review of this podcast wherever you get your podcast from, and uh, you know, even if not, even if you're not getting podcasts from there, you just want to tell people how. But you enjoy the podcast. Five stars. Wherever you want to put it. We accept. For example, uh, there are some new places. Uh, this uh, At Saturday Morning Pod, uh, the Saturday Morning Podcast wrote us, uh, he tweeted to, to all of his followers, not just us. That's a requirement. New episode, listening now to get my weekly train wreck. Um, Admirals Club, you made it, pal. We don't disappoint. Train wreck right out of the gate. There were also some emojis, but they got erased, so you'll just have to imagine. Erased from existence. <laughs> but in the other timeline, the emojis exist. Um, Let's see. Carolyn Gibney, um, one of our friends from across the pond, said, Oi, Matt. Andy and Matt. Here's my UK review. Sorry, it's not a screenshot, but I had to do this on my laptop. Andy's accent <laughs> corner. It's going to be shit. Oh, that's what you think. You just buckle up. Uh, I had to do this on my laptop as I don't have an iPhone, and that means I actually used iTunes, not the Apple Podcast app, so that older jingle is still valid for some of us. Now, I've consumed all of the main pod and watched every related episode of TNG Picard DS9. Hmm. Yes, nice. I might have a problem. If it's kind of I'm drifting into Australia. You've got a problem, and we've got a solution for you. Yeah. It's right through those doors. <laughs> I guess I'm going to have to, uh, let me try and uh, British it up so it's sort of like, uh, is it make it a little more posh. I guess I'm going to have to use some of my pension, medically retired, only 41. What is the average age of your listeners? A poll? Uh, I would like to know that actually myself. Somebody remind me. To pay for the president's circle. Have How fun. would you do that? Uh, blocks? Would you write, would of, you write a thing? ages, maybe? Yeah, I see. And then narrow it down from there? Or, yeah. or I could just right. do one to a, you know, whatever. Yeah. 110. <laughs> like one to a hundred. <laughs> um, to pay for the president's circle, uh, Tristan Luther Robbins, you want to tell us how to set up that poll? Um, have fun arguing which section this goes in Admiral's Club or Hellbag. Whichever you put it in, I'm sure Matt will argue the opposite. Thanks for the pod. Has been a welcome companion while going through some upheaval. Probably shouldn't have read that last part in, uh, in, a, in a bad British accent. <laughs> um, and then her review. that was You actually... know, Brexit and all. Chip, chip. <laughs> 
Um, Carolyn wrote, started listening to Addictive. Started listening casually while re- re-watching Next Gen. Four and a half months later, I've listened to every episode in the main pod. They aren't polished, but they are real. And I enjoy the lack of editing as it makes me feel, <laughs> boy, as it makes me feel more like an authentic, uh, makes it feel more like an authentic conversation than any pod I've tried. Admiral's Club, here I come. And I promise not to forget about Odo and Morn. <laughs> Um, Carolyn, we <laughs> hope your upheaval was not too serious and that you're through it. Experimentally, I'd like to one day edit this podcast. What would you like? What would, what you, would this podcast be like if it was edited? All the mistakes would be gone. All the ums, <laughs> all the ahs would be out. Would we? How I, long would it be? Would it be a, a, like a tight hour and twenty? Well, we would also. I mean, there's there's a couple things you could do, which I, again, this if you really wanted to edit it, this would be a fascinating uh, thought experiment. Which is every time we forget which, you know, which segment is next. Every time you can't find a sound cue, we just oh, remove all that. That. Would, that would all be gone. Yeah, and then 100%. you theoretically you could yeah. and you could either do it yourself or you could have a third eye edit out some of the hails. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, I'm just saying. If this podcast was edited, it might be worse somehow. <laughs> Someone a long time ago offered to edit the podcast because it was driving him so crazy. I'm sure he's yeah, long since I quit. I said, don't. I would never put that on anybody. But it would be fascinating to, if that guy still wanted to, wherever you are, let that guy edit them and then put the full episode, full edited episode on YouTube and see if they get, if they get more responses. Like um, this conversation would be gone. That's true. It'd be totally yeah. gone. Wow. Can you imagine that alternate universe? So scary. Jean-Luc's dad says, um, contrary to what you just experienced, I must listen. <laughs> Uh, there are thousands of podcasts that I will never listen to. This is not one of them. Hashtag Secunda. Um, Big Tugboat says, I keep coming back. Every so often, I completely delete my podcast library and build it anew from scratch. <laughs> there are only two shows that have ever been brought back because I miss them too much. This is one of them. Nice. Um, and then a uh, another one from Britain from what you token about very clever uh, boldly and successfully go where many have gone before an excellent podcast that has reignited my interest in all things Star Trek these are genuine fans that discuss the pros and cons of Star Trek as if you were with your mates down the pub Lighthearted, picking a part of the episodes, which is enjoyable to hear. I think you've gotten more posh than than this should be read. Yeah, because of the pub. Yeah, I just feel like you know these are genuine fans that discuss the pros and cons yeah. of Star Trek as if there you were two accents with like mates apparently. down the pub. <laughs> is that is that not go the like one? a little more northern? Give me, like give me a liver, taste, like Liverpudlian. Uh, I was just trying to locate that in my brain. <laughs> just do a Paul McCartney. I know, I know. 
light-hearted picking a pot of the episodes, which is enjoyable to you. That's <laughs> nowhere near Paul McCartney. <laughs> I don't know what the hell I'm doing now? <laughs> Give me a taste of McCartney. Come on, you're the Beatles fan. Uh, Just put me in the right direction. I'll be able to pick it up. What's what? Give me a sentence from his thing. Uh, the various jingles are catchy and well, perfect and well written yeah. by fellow listeners. Uh, the various the various jingles are catchy. <laughs> okay, <laughs> you know that's the more various, like a various jingles are catchy and well written by fellow listeners. Allows me to enjoy Star Trek episodes on the move. <laughs> Anytime, any place. I'm still off. Yours was you closer. You gotta go a little melodic with yeah. it, you know. Keep up the good work and be would be great to see you get to Voyager and Enterprise. Love to hear your thoughts on those. I don't know what the fuck. I can't you do know, a Beatles accent. What's wrong with me? You know me? where you can hear them? Huh? In the Patreon. You can hear our thoughts on those shows in the Patreon. Yeah. Oh, that's true. What are you talking about? How, you gotta listen to more of these episodes. We're fucking... Get Never your shut ass up about the, the Patreon. Lastly, uh, these were long uh, Admirals Clubs. Uh, I just thought it was funny because uh, Command Master Chief Robert Garrison decided to give us a uh, an Admirals Look, I don't know how many of these I'm going to read that end up in the President's Circle. <laughs> but I thought it was funny that he just said, love the show, guys. Five stars. And it's funny that he's already That's deep great. in the Patreon. And he's uh, giving us a good review to the people who are already paying to listen to more of us people who love it that's it for the admiral's club that's it for the admiral's club let's go to the president's circle okay the united federation of planets president's Hey, it's the United Federation of Plants President's Circle, otherwise known as the top tier of our Patreon. Not counting the Q Continuum, which, please, nobody ever sign up for that. Uh, it's a great place. You're running out of episodes? You want to? You trying to re-listen to old TNGs? Do you wish you knew what we were saying about Voyager or Enterprise or Strange New Worlds or Discovery? It's all in there. Go have a listen. Are we doing... Uh, we're doing a uh, Strange New Worlds wrap-up, right? Uh, season 2 wrap-up? I mean, I've already forgotten Season 2 of that show, but sure. Well, we just read some of the comments. We owe the kids at least that much, thanks to our saucer separation. Which we had to do due to technical problems. Big emergency over there, guys. Uh, but you guys don't have to deal just with it. Just be grateful that you're not in the president's circle. Because we had to separate the saucers. And I know how much all the listeners hate <laughs> us separating the saucer section. Run a poll on that. I'm not even sure if the people we heard from were a representative of the, of the larger whole. Um, so, okay, we have a Christopher Pike Medal of Valor and we have a poll. What, what do you want to do? Does this count as the hails? You want to save this? Do from- the, do the, do, you run the poll inside the Patreon, Correct. Correct. Yeah, here we are. Okay. Uh, so, but first, we'll we'll give out the Medal of Valor. Okay, who had who had a great comment this week? Who's getting the Medal of Valor? Uh, it's going to be two people. One is uh, Lieutenant Dan Ryan, who simply uh, stated, "Quoth the Raven, Tarek Nor." <laughs> and I had a lot of had a love a lot of love that comment. <laughs> and then the last one, or it's the second uh, Vet Medal of Valor. 
goes to in the last one and the last on our long list of medals of valor i'm sorry medal of valors uh, <laughs> um, oh, you were correct the first time remember i know i just birds like, i'm just brain. driving driving people. oh that's i do ours was middle <laughs> yeah. Valor. i see yes. uh hi andy i've been enjoying binging strange new worlds pods i was a bit behind but all caught up and upgraded from lieutenant to president god bless you sir for the finale live stream this is my most recent hail uh i sent since the gimme more song a laughing emoji with eyes shut tight Cosmo Moore Ron Moore Roger Moore a Josh Moore Ronald D. Moore a Joe Moore I have a Carl Moore <laughs> shout out to all you more yeah from Chris G oh sorry UK I could have done a, another attempt at the accent please don't just continue with your, with your this normal is, this is me most Bronx. recent head since I oh, sent the that's Gimme better. More song yeah they're a little bit better. closer yeah. I just need a little bit of distance uh, if you could play my wife please uh, yes I can do that allow me to present she who is my wife my wife <laughs> no it was the visual record of my wife minuet <laughs> <laughs> Because I know what you're planning to do. But don't worry, I don't give a damn about the celestial temple or your non-corporeal feuds. I just want my wife back. My wife. <laughs> <laughs> That's ironic that it's mostly you saying my wife. It is. Uh, yeah. It's very strange. I, <laughs> I really I do. I do mostly do it to the pay, to like whoever's writing in. As as you guys, if you guys want to send in little snippets, actually we have a. Well, I think I'm going to say it at the end, but we haven't. Uh, a uh, a thing to send in to uh, for your video and <laughs> it's art. It's organically come up right now, but you're like, no, 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 I'll save it till I forget. I want to remind you because I want to say, I want to say, send in snippets if you. Re- hey, there's another my wife at here that we did that, and we'll make an even larger. Super there's cut. a big one in this episode. This episode of DS9 has a huge my wife. I'm saying ones of us. It's a great it. one. Of us well, saying, we're, we're it. probably going to say it today. Well, we may. So everyone, I'm get ready to send in this clip. There are ones in the past that are not have not been collected. This is already in the past to us. By the time they send it to us, what are you talking about? <laughs> this episode will be in the past. Yeah, but the, I I will not have said send in your my wife's yet. You just have. I I I said it because I just said it now, and you were telling me not to say it now. <laughs> no, I was telling you to say it now. <laughs> I thought you were saying save it for when I... No, no, no. I said you organically brought it up. You might as well say it. Oh, I see. Oh, you were supporting the fact that I was Yeah, and then I was making the joke of, or just leave it till you forget about it. Oh, right. Well, yeah, that's the reality. Because that's That's why I said it now. Because even though I was going to say what the email is you sent it to later, I wouldn't have remembered this later. These are the kind of things that Matt would cut out of the edited version. Send, tell them the email right now because you're talking about it, please. Um, Brett Schofield says, "Tell them the email oh, now." Look for the oh, I didn't hear what you were saying. Let's see. I gotta, you know, I got to scan all the way down. This slows it down more. Um, it is. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> This would all be gone if we were editing. Don't worry. 
Oh, man, this is, this is your fault. This, this is not my fault. Let me see. Now I have to find it because it's not. Oh, my God. It's a I new wish edition. I could remember what it was. I wish I could remember what it was. I so believe I it's sttncart at gmail.com. But that I'm, sounds right. If that bounces back, <laughs> it was wrong. Want, <laughs> you just want me to leave it at that? Get close to what the email is? Yeah. You should just put it on yes, a Yes, that is what it is. sttncart at gmail.com. It goes to our friend, Lieutenant Commander Jeff Mullins. Um so maybe send a clip I don't know I don't know uh, maybe engage him on it and ask him what to do uh, he, he'll have an idea <laughs> alright <clears throat> I hope you're enjoying your edited version of Star Trek The Next Conversation <clears throat> would you like to hear the longer version um, you know just vote for it in the DePaul. Um alright should we get into the priority one messages proper I guess you already opened sure. it. Or do you want to I open have it? not. Okay. Captain, incoming message. incoming message. Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secured channel. Lieutenant, What's happening? Lieutenant Brett Schofield says, your life is on the line. Who would you rather have on the case? A, Detective Kirk, uh, TOS, e.g. Wolf on the Fold. B, Detective Tuvok, Voyager, e.g. Meld or Various. C, Detective Picard, TNG, for example, the good, good, the Big Goodbye or Various. E, Detective Data, TNG, uh, like for example, elementary, elementary Dear Data. F, Detective Crusher, TNG, for example, Suspicions. Uh, G, Detective Archer, uh, Enterprise, for example, Civilization. Or H, Detective Odo. There are probably some others I missed, too. And then Ultimate Trekker added, don't forget about Dr. Riga from TNG Suspicions. He's a Ferengi who invented... Oh, this is a separate comment. Never mind. Metaphasic shielding. Yeah, that was in regards to our our Ferengi. Um, Uh, I think that the answer to this... I mean, it's got to be Odo. Don't forget about him. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, just because he can turn himself into a glass. Well, I mean, I wouldn't have said that until the last episode, but the last episode really started to show the stuff that is con- you're constantly making fun of me for, that I'm like, I don't see him being great at the thing that we're told he's great at. And then the last episode, he was great at it. He was noticing yeah. all this stuff. He was drawing all these, you know, cur- sub- subterranean conclusions from, like, the evidence that was hidden. But he weirdly didn't shapeshift. And he didn't crack the case, as I remember. Yeah, he did. He Some didn't discover later. it was Kira. <laughs> Some years later. So, that's, that's not a great... Well, my dad, well, you solved a case years later? I guess that makes good TV. But but, uh, but in, in in fairness to Odo, mm-hmm. he allowed himself to not solve the case. He allowed himself to not solve the case. Right. He was By having torn. affection for right. Kira. He maybe had a sense and he just let it lie. Um... I mean, it is also ironic that Tuvok is probably the one out of the most of them that prides himself on being a detective and is the most interested in being a detective, maybe even more than Odo. Odo is sort of driven by justice, but he's not interested in being a detective, whereas Tuvok, I think, is interested in, like, I'm going to figure this out. And, And Data is just, like, surface level. Yeah, he's just sort of having fun. He's role-playing. I don't know what like what the current Sung android that's walking about. I don't know how they would be detective-y. Yeah. 
but you know, I bet he's still batshit. Um, I may be proved wrong in future Odo detective episodes. So far, I would say Odo. It's a small sampling size, but I agree with Matt. Ultimate Tracker says, use the promo code TUT at checkout to save up to 15% or more. Um, I already read this one. Don't forget about Dr. Riga from TNG Suspicions. I think this was because we were sort of saying, how come? How come? How did the Ferengi, basically? How do they survive? Um, being work capable and getting all this crap done. Um, and I guess there are some that are just interested in science and not money and oppressing women. Yeah, but they're probably like shunned from their family. Could be. For, you know, for not doing something for the money? Get out of here. You're not a Ferengi. We had a nice video put up about that uh, by uh, Lieutenant Commander Mullins. You should all check out on our TikTok. I got to update this thing so i mention it um okay ultimate tracker also says i heard an interview with rod roddenberry where he said his dad bragged to friends okay so this is a just a trigger warning this is about gene roddenberry's sex stuff so if you don't want to hear it do you not want to hear it matt because <laughs> if you don't want to hear it then i would say tune why out are we, why are we bringing it up people wrote it in and i and well, i because you brought, brought it, up. it up yeah in the last episode so i feel right. like maybe continue now that you've already brought it up i'm giving you the option matt too if you want to take your your headphones off you can it's not fine. listen to this no no go ahead I'm okay just, so I'm, skip ahead I'm if like you... speaking for the audience all right well look i'm i just uh i'm a conduit i'm uh, i come here to listen to star trek i don't come here you know we got people with their kids listening to the show uh, it's i don't i think it's i think it's a pretty tame overview it's not uh, oh, not getting okay. into graphic details well i just would like to know how big was it <laughs> <laughs> I do remember one graphic detail that I'm not bringing up that was about Majel Barrett. Um, so Ultimate Trekker says, uh, I think it might have been a thing that Majel Barrett said, but I'm not sure. Uh, Ultimate Trekker said, I heard an interview with Rod Roddenberry where he said his dad bragged to friends that he slept with multiple women during his and Majel's honeymoon. Crazy. I think in a TNG documentary, people mentioned he had an ongoing affair at that time, too. Uh, and I think he was married when he hooked up with Majel. Wait, I think he was married when he hooked up with Majel. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, crazy. Uh, Jeremy Spector said, I believe what Andy was referring to was a story in Chaos and the Bridge about Roddenberry dating Majel Parrott and Nichelle Nichols at the same time. Oof, that's bad mojo. Roddenberry was a well-known womanizer. Um, and then Dick Warlock, Esquire, said, I heard someone else say that a lot of progressive stuff he sprinkled into Star Trek was to impress, quote, hippie chicks. So <laughs> score one for Dead Poet Society. Why do we make art to woo women? Um, there you go. It's now safe to re-listen if you're skipping ahead. Um, everything's fine now. It's all over. <laughs> um... Orn Welcome pa- back. Orn Pauldorf. Um, it seems like there's a hidden pun in that name, but I think that's just your name. Andy's riff on exploring alternate timelines a la Year of Hell, but with regards to how many Patreon discar- uh, subscribers the show would gain or lose through the omission of politically tinged comments on the pod. This premise is hilarious all by itself and probably deserves to be a fully produced sketch. Your findings, Mr. Myra? 
We've, re- we've regained 12 of our listeners, Andrew. Slow turn and grim stare. But they're all contrarian Elon Musk stands. What about the Deep Space Nine MVC jingle? Sir, I would caution against the jingle, Mr. Myra. Uh, they've still forgotten about Odo, sir. And Morn. These are all various quotes that would be in that in that uh, episode. I feel like this belongs in the... Uh, a museum? <laughs> definitely does belong in a museum. <laughs> well, it's a museum of bullshit. Am I right? <laughs> Uh, this belongs in the Voyager segment because that's what this is. Uh, this is referencing is a uh, time ship. Um, Chris G, who sent us in the uh, the wonderful uh, supercut uh, that we discussed for 19 minutes, says something I'm really enjoying about DS9 generally and this episode specifically is how many scenes slash stories are made up of all non humans. It's compar- comparatively rare in the other series, especially if you take out half-human characters like Torres, Troy, Spock. Uh, I wonder if there's a Star Trek equivalent to the Bechdel test, a scene made up of exclusively non-humans who aren't discussing a human. DS9 would surely win. This is fascinating. And then Denise from New York adds to this, I love an enterprise when T'Pol and... uh, T'Pol. (laughs) T'Pol. And Dr. Phlox are having a conversation by themselves. Most of the uh, cultures have been warp capable for so much longer than humans. It's like at a kid's birthday party when the kids are otherwise occupied and some parents finally get to sit down and talk to each other. Uh, I agree, and I never thought about it before. And it is a weird feeling watching them in particular talk because Phlox has a little bit more of a benevolent take and T'Pol is a little bit you know, a little bit more critical on humans, but they both have a feeling of superiority <laughs> toward humans. <laughs> so it's sort of interesting. Um, Clippy's homicidal descendant, Badgie, hails us. I appreciated the post disengage cutscene. Uh, laughing, crying emoji. Had a lot of love for it. Lieutenant Tess said, Andy, did you ever play the card game Mad Mad Gab? It's a silly group game where teams have to read aloud unrelated words and try to figure out what the actual phrase they're saying is. In the days before friends had kids, I can remember all of us just dying of laughter as my team had to say, ease, suck, ray, seem, an, over and over again until we could phrase it correctly to make sense. Jeez, I miss game nights. Huh, why aren't you having game nights, Kess? To test? They have kids. It's hard. I used to have game nights. Oh. This is what I think of when you miss some hidden word or phrase in someone's name. You're involuntarily playing Mad Gab. <laughs> but you should know the person reading it always has a harder time hearing the joke than those listening. Well, that's very nice of you, Tess. I, uh... Don't make excuses for him, Tess. No, I think I think she's right. I think uh, that's why you read this because there's an excuse made for you. There's nothing wrong with my brain. I agree with you, Tess. Denise also says, uh, "How is there not a trill talk with Andy jingle yet?" I think we have a contrary thought to that one later. Denise, stay tuned. David Oni Rall says, <laughs> "What are you?" 
laughing. Wait, you said stay tuned. Oh, all right. Uh, it's hard to it's tell the difference between a mocking laugh and a legitimate laugh. Uh, Dave Anoni Rawl says uh, at thirty-one, forty-five, and thirty-three uh, in the DS Nine episode, Quark clearly says Kardashian about both the neck trick and the ale. Andy, you are now free to reject future corrections and say ah, I've heard it both ways. I mean, look, if he's wearing prosthetic teeth, I'll allow it. That was the, that was what was immediately jumped on in the yeah. <laughs> in the comments. Ah, but it's probably just the teeth. Uh, although Dave holds holds uh, straight that he said it correctly later in the episode, so it's not the teeth. Denise says the spectrum of lovemaking, according to Andy, good at sex equals Gene Roddenberry, bad at sex equals the Taliban. <laughs> Um, and then Tess added to that, this was a quote that I myself, it got 12 likes, so I was going to include it anyway, but I myself laughed long and hard at reading something, I, this, this statement that I made on a public podcast. I can't imagine the Taliban are very generous lovers. <laughs> There's a laughing, crying emoji. <laughs> I was so confused by you. <laughs> Look, it. It tracks. I, I understand that it's not something that's a logical a logical progression of thought, but once you've heard it, it's like, they're probably not. I mean, come on, guys. Um, sorry, giving the ball to Tess a lot uh, here, uh, but she had she had a good... She's a, big, she's a big Andy booster. She's a big Andy booster. She's also a big supporter of the pod, but she also had some very valid things to say. So it's a little bit longer. Something I pondered, and I'm curious what others think. What? It's not about me. <laughs> it's what's not about me. <laughs> um, uh, you know, whatever Matt thinks, I, I, you know, I encourage you to, to write in supporting me. I need your support. <laughs> um, something I am, I have pondered, and I'm curious what others think. I feel like the age you were when you watched older Trek might really affect what flaws you forgive and which ones you struggle to get past. I was born in the seventies. Uh, and I watched occasional TOS reruns as a child. I stumbled upon TNG as a nerdy teen and loved Wesley's eyes, and that's when I became a Trek fan, and that was during season one. I have a nostalgic affection for TOS and TNG and lets me enjoy the stories and acknowledge or laugh at, but look beyond the many flaws. Just to restack, I believe that these are these a lot of these are regarding our, you know, confusion at the Ferengi presentations. Uh, I rewatch TNG all the time, including some season one, like Big Goodbye, Data Lore, Arsenal of Freedom, Wesley episodes. It's my go-to comfort show. But I was in university when DS9 came out and a working teacher during Voyager and Enterprise, so definitely a grown-up. Although I sampled DS9, Voyager, and Enterprise, the misogyny in the writing as an adult was so off-putting and unacceptable to me. I did a COVID watch of DS9 in its entirety after TNC fans raved about it, and I found there are a couple of absolute standout episodes and a few more that I quite enjoyed, but I don't have a loyal affection or devotion for the show because of the parts I intensely dislike. I don't rewatch DS9. I'm watching Voyager along with the pod, but have not rewatched any of it yet. I only enjoy the TNC side of Enterprise. So, do you think viewers have a greater love for the shows they watched? We watched in our formative years. Does the adult lens we view through uh, affect our ability to overlook flaws by poke women, LGBTQ, uh, uh, differently abled, neurodivergent, 
the original uh, target audience of straight white men, etc. P.S. Uh, I think it's completely fabulous that there are fans for all versions of Star Trek. Trek is a good community. Vulcan salute. Uh, but I would like to understand how I can enjoy TOS, even when Janice Ran dramatically wants the captain to look at her legs. But Bashir's gross attempts at flirting in season one pissed me off. I'd like to understand, oh, how I can enjoy TOS when Janice Rand does that. Uh, perhaps I'm hoping it's not just me being a hypocrite well, I think happy if, face. If there was a scene where Bashir was trying to get Dax to enjoy his legs, you'd enjoy, you'd like it. It'd be pretty funny. What's the distinction? If Bashir was like, ooh, look at my legs. Are you saying that... Sh- that uh, but the Janice Rand thing wasn't comedic. What? Janice Rand saying, getting Kirk to look but at her there legs. Was a, there was a there was a flute. Oh, was that what there happened? Was there? The, there was the there was the comedy music of TOS. <laughs> maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. See, I was going to argue that it falls under the heading of like, yeah, but I mean, it's the totally unfair thing of like, yeah, but Kirk's uh, Kirk's like a sex object himself. He's like this. Uh, you know, and and Bashir, as far as I can tell, is not. It's the classic double standards. <laughs> That's why it's just sort of like I don't want to watch that guy <laughs> being interested. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I think that having nostalgia for certain Trek shows is absolutely a thing. Yeah. Dick Warlock adds, I was also a child of the 70s, and at age five or six, TOS would come on at six in the evening. My very regimented family ate dinner together every night at 6.30, so I spent my entire childhood having only watched the first half of pretty much every TOS episode. (laughs) I can't say what sort of impact that had on me. It was what it was, but I loved TOS. I was there first night to see the motion picture. I loved it. My older cousin went with me, and the first thing he said when my dad picked us up was, I think that was the most boring movie I've ever seen. And that hurt my nine-year-old feelings. My dad agreed to sit through Star Trek II with me after we watched Siskel and Ebert give it a good review on their show. I loved it. When we got home, my mom asked, how was the movie? And my dad said, silly. And that hurt my 12-year-old feelings. <gasps> yeah, I don't understand that. At 14, my mom dropped me off at the mall so I could so- go see Star Trek Three by myself. It was great. And nobody hurt my feelings. I drove, <laughs> I drove myself to the theater to see Star Trek Four. I was transitioning from being a film buff to a full-on film snob by this time, and I thought the Wales movie was a little silly. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, I never saw Star Trek Five at the theater, but by the time Star Trek Six came out, one of my best friends was a Trekker, so I went to, with him to see it. I didn't, really didn't like it at all. Same for Generations. After watching the episode of TNG where Wesley is set to be executed for killing flowers, I thought I was done with Star Trek. <laughs> Later, I was playing in a touring band, and my keyboardist kept telling me TNG was awesome. He made me sit down and watch Best of Both Worlds 1 and 2, which he had taped on VHS, along with every single episode of TNG. I remember It's a good place to start, right? Don't you think? Sure. I remember you refused to fast forward through the commercials. <laughs> the commercials are part of the experience, he said. <laughs> the Best of Both Worlds was great, but I was still too cool to be a trekker. Uh, later, I saw First Contact at the theater, only because nothing else was playing. And I loved it. And that is when I started catching up. This post is already way too long, so on this self-indulgent history here, too long, didn't read. I don't talk to my family anymore. Because they... <laughs> I hope it's just because of Star Trek. <laughs> she says, because they kept shitting on Star Trek and voted for Trump. <laughs> so, <laughs> there. Two, different, uh, two different things. 
Um, Brian Hellman says, So in a discussion about Norm Abrams, Andy claims that his father wasn't particularly handy in the woodshop because he was Jewish. Uh, I meant it, uh, you know, in a in a in a saucy way. I, I didn't mean uh, there's. I would not only would I say that some Jews there's, are quite handy. I would say hey. my great grandfather was the inventor of the folding bed and used to repair metal folding beds and implements with his hands. So God, the family fortune. Did you spend it trying to invent time travel? What happened here? I mean, I believe I've talked. I've talked. Uh, the inventor. The you have the. You have the composer. You have my uh, grandfather uh, wrote by Mirbis Duchesne and sold the rights to for thirty dollars, giving away untold millions. My great grandfather was the inventor of the folding bed. <laughs> Chris is just like I don't know. I don't. I've just made a folding bed. I don't care. <laughs> Look, I can think of one Jewish carpenter who was pretty okay. Oh, good point, Matt. Good point. <laughs> and it's that guy on that YouTube show you love, right? Yep. Jesus. It's that. It's the Catholic Mass I watch every week. <laughs> no, I was saying the, uh, what was the thing you kept going on? Norm Abrams. <laughs> New Yankee Workshop. Right. David S., the homework stealing Vulcan or something like that. Go, Lizard, go. <laughs> That's his new handle. Uh, do you remember that? No, I'm just trying to think. Did we? Did I? Was the New Yankee Workshop run on DS9? No, I think. This is too confusing to anyone who's listening to this show. Wait a minute. That doesn't listen to the page. You know, that isn't in the Patreon. You know, I didn't, I didn't spot that. I didn't spot that. I thought it was... No, wait. I think it might have been DS9. We did DS9 very recently. Well, then why are we doing it again? <laughs> because we're ready to. Uh, I'm not ready. If I can't keep it straight, what the hell... What, what we did in what episode? All right. I'll assume I, I went on a long... I, that feels very Voyager the other night when well, I was going was on Voyager. my long tangents of two and a half hours. Yeah, Remember maybe we you're right. And, that wasn't, yeah, that wasn't DS9. Well, this isn't, look, I cannot be accountable. This also would be in the cut, out of the cut version. I cannot be accountable for doing exactly what you're unable to do right now, which is remembering, oh, this was from this one, this was from this one, if it's not episode specific. So I depend on you guys to give me comments that are about whatever that well, episode was. I think every time we do bring up something that wasn't on it, I usually say, this was not on this thing. Okay. Guys, I'm really into the New Yankee Workshop on YouTube. It's there. Full episodes. It's fantastic. David S. Uh, says, this is a quote from me, um, how did he stay constable if he didn't find the murderer? And then he comments, I think you're underestimating how cool the Odo neck trick is, Andy. You had to be there. <laughs> we still, yeah, we still don't know if it was he turned into one giant neck, which is what I think happened. Miley says, hi, Andy. I just listened to the Five Guys uh, 2, Matt, M- Matt's mix-up episode. So I guess we were debating this in the last episode. It was in person. You did have the milkshake. What? Oh, you were here for that and drank the milkshake. Yeah. Which was my uh, surmisal, right? 
and then you said yeah, uh, yeah, you weren't yeah. here. I was like, there's like such a there's such a small window of you recording here at this house. Yeah, because we moved in here in February of 2020. Right. That like it was a it was a month. Yeah. So like anything that I any memory I have visually that ha- happened at this house, I'm like, oh, it couldn't have been yeah. in person. Wow. Um, and then number two is you already read my review a month or so ago, Mister My. Um, MST3 Katie says, Matt, what are your thoughts on the Christmas tree shops all closing? Hearts are it's broken bummer. all over New England. It is a bummer. What's that about? You know, I don't even know what that is. Christmas tree shop uh, was a chain of discount stores that uh, existed throughout New England. Um, it was a real, <laughs> what did I describe it as once? I said, it's a great place to go if you're looking to get um, a beach umbrella and some canned goods <laughs> it's like they had Just anything outdoor furniture and like uh, toffee from england that was like heavily discounted it was like it was it's an insane store it's called the christmas tree shop did they become uh, so successful at that one time of year that they were like well we just got to pack it with other stuff but we're gonna know because like the one it. i would always go to was in born uh right over the uh bridge the born bridge to get into cape cod yeah uh so the one i would go to was always in the summer i would always be there in the summer and it was always very busy did they have christmas trees all year around they had christmas like items items all year round mm-hmm like I associate it with like beach stuff. Um, here's some. Yeah, they're all closing, and there was one that was uh, in a in a the one in Cape Cod was a had a giant windmill attached to it. It was great. Uh, is someone trying to help me with my pronunciation of Renee's name? Luke Morgan Rowe says it would be pronounced. Tell me if this is right, Matt. Renee Aubergenois. Yeah. How would you say? I wouldn't. I wouldn't get into that mess. <laughs> That's why he's smarter than I am. I'd say guy that played Odo. <laughs> uh, Alfredo says, this has nothing to do with the episode. Hey, look, I, this, is the one, this is the one on the cape. That's the, that's, they all look like that, that? That's the Christmas tree shop. Not all of them, oh. but like. It's, a, it's a, got a big windmill. It's filing for bankruptcy, guys. I just couldn't believe it. May 9th. Matt, you should get in there. Bail them out. To and from Cape Cod. The Sagamore location, guys. The Sagamore location near the bridge. The windmill is going to be closing down along with the store in Falmouth. Uh, and in a press uh, release, the company's uh, chairman I have a friend said who lived in Falmouth. a financial restructuring plan. And the company's operations are sound. There are a total of 82 Ooh, Christmas tree more. shops in 20 states. The company filed for bankruptcy over the weekend. Classic weekend bankruptcy. It's wrapped up their search between five and... Ah, ah, okay. Back to the show. <laughs> Alfredo says this has nothing to do with the episode. <laughs> like the rest of the crap. Uh, I know you both love humor and games. Please, please, please play the Yakuza games. In particular, Yakuza Zero. You will love the gameplay and you will find the narrative absolutely hilarious. It re- requires GTA-level commitment, but I promise you will enjoy it. And then he gave us a list of the games. Have you ever heard of it, Matt? No. I feel like I, because I'm a fan of Japanese film and and such, I believe I bought it at some point, but I never played it. So maybe I'll get into it. Um, there's like seven of them. Crispy Trek. 
hails us. I'm an episode behind, but for the love of Susie Plaxon. Okay, so this is this is contrary to the earlier Trill one that I teased. Here we go, guys. Get ready. <laughs> um, but for the love of Susie Plaxon, can we get through one episode where Dax has more than three lines without relitigating what makes a Trill symbiote relationship work? Andy, if this was a sh- new show and Trills had never been discussed before, would you be so caught up on this topic or would you chalk it he up would. to... He would be. Well, that is where that's where this, <laughs> this argument falls apart. Well, it's not fully fleshed out yet, but there's still time for them to develop the canon. It seems to me that you're angry. No one was g- is giving you all the answers from future episodes, despite your stated fear of spoilers. You are not that's averse true. to giving a show like Strange New Worlds the benefit of the doubt that they would eventually explain things. I have examples, but I want to, afford, mentioned, want to avoid the aforementioned spoilers. Crispy Track, you can put them in our, uh, in our Strange New Worlds, your arguments, uh, Strange New Worlds uh, comments. But thank you for your, for your awareness of the spoilers. Why treat DS9 like disco? Um, That's not fair. Why not? To say that you're treating it like disco? Yeah, I don't think that's fair. Um, but I do think I'm... Uh, you, have, you have years of being angry at Disco already to be mad at Disco. That's true. <laughs> uh, I do think I'm focusing on the Trill stuff. Is it... Am I treating it un- inequitably? I'm not interested, as as beautiful as she is, I'm not interested in Dax. Dax, for yeah, some reason... what she's putting down. That's so weird. ...is not my speed. She's not... She's too straight. She's straighty straight. There's nothing going on with Dax thus yet, thus far. She's had a couple of moments of spice. She's too reasonable. She's too well adjusted. <laughs> I need someone. Look, I don't need someone as crazy as me, but I need someone who at least is crazy enough to understand me. <laughs> um, and that's what I look watch these shows. I'm looking for who can I imagine is my future special someone. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but uh, I think I watch the shows and I think this drives Matt crazy and comments on it thinking well why aren't they using their superpowers and I think that's the thing that's I'm just like well do, it, does she have perfect access and does she not and here's the one thing I will say and then I won't say anymore because I know it's going to drive you insane it feels to me like already a lot of people have argued that the that the uh, symbiont has perfect recall or they have argued, no, it works just like memory works, and the symbiote can only remember as much as, say, a human would remember. And I feel like this show has illustrated both directions thus far. So. Maybe a lot of these things are like riding a bike, you know? They're figuring it out. Fixing impulse engines. You know, you don't really think about it, but then when you're back in the saddle, you're like, oh, I know how to do this. Right. You know. Whatever. I think it's more complex in a trill, and maybe they'll flesh it out later. You're right. All right, that's it for the priority one messages. Oh, God help us all. Hey, there was a lot of other discussion about a lot of other stuff. I understand. I bet you want that edited version. Don't Wait a minute. Listener. Also, the whole top of the show, we're not that bad, because the whole top of the show was uh, was us watching the oh, baseball yeah, game. 15 minutes of... <laughs> stuff that you guys won't hear. Actually, will be something edited out of the show. Can you believe it? Wait, do you want to do use that as a bonus? No, I don't want to. All right, well. That. You can't. If anyone is legally uh, clear about 
the express written consent of Major League Baseball. It's Major League Baseball. Well, I feel like no we account should... of the game can be disseminated or shown without express written consent from Major League Baseball. I'm going to put up a poll and ask them if they want it in the Patreon president circle. Again, I'm not doing it because they have lawyers. Major League Baseball is very explicit about this. We'll see. <sighs> <laughs> That sigh. <laughs> that sigh could blow a ship across the ocean. <laughs> I just, I just want to tip this table over and go to sleep. Like, well, been, we only have dealing, another. I've been dealing. I've been dealing with a four-year-old since five fifty in the morning, and now you're going to be dealing with another one for another three hours. So it's like I just want to go to sleep. What's next? We're out of the That's priority right. one. We got to leave here. Step into the and corridor. The regular. Captain, we are being hailed. All right, let's hear what the normies are saying about Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Uh, Nathan Haney says, people may have forgotten by now about you and Matt's discussions regarding your pending polyamorous relationship, but here's a thing. Uh, If you could play um, Haney. This is from Nathan Haney. Where did all of them go? Where did all of them go? I see it. Thank you. Where no, I don't see it. Have all the ah, sound bites gone? Andy and Matt are going to the bone zone. Oh, my nipples. <laughs> uh, that's a good jingle. Nice. Uh, now... Uh, to continue with the theme, not the theme, but uh, you know, another hail, another voice hail, Plague North Carolina. Mm. Where did that go? I found it. <laughs> this also would be edited. Hey guys, uh, it's Boyd from North Carolina. Once again, I was. Out cutting my grass, listening to my Trek TMC, uh, and uh, got me thinking about the conversation about the Ferengi uh, when the uh, email about the email with the Afghanistan win. I think it may be easier to kind of recognize the Ferengi if we think about them more like the Saudi Arabia, uh, more like the Saudis. You know, you're you're wondering why the Fer- like why is the Federation hanging out with these people? This is getting so weirdly. This is skewing into an area. I'm like, <laughs> the Ferengis or the Saudis? They're not as bad as the Taliban with, like, what What are we doing? This is a fucking Star Trek podcast. <laughs> is, your, <sighs> is your issue that it's... Go ahead. Is your issue that it's too politically hot button? What's the issue? Yes. Right. My issue is that it's like, I don't want to, I don't tune into Star Trek to hear about the Saudi Arabians and the Taliban. I don't. Tune into Star Trek to fucking hear about people who are better than us. It may be easier to kind of recognize the Ferengi if we think about them more like the Saudi Arabia, uh, more like the Saudis. You know, you're you're wondering why the Ferengi, like, why is the Federation hanging out with these people who are so misogynistic? But like, I mean, the Ferengi are a trading people. They bought the warp technology. They're always out there trying to cut deals. 
And so obviously, like, their success in the Alpha Quadrant is due to their economic business model, and they have something that the Federation needs to deal with. And, you know, yeah, they're unsavory, and yeah, you know, they, they have, like, the um, treatment of their women's terrible, but apparently the Federation puts up with it because the Ferengi have something that they need, so we do business with them. And for me, that sounds like the Saudis. You know, they treat their women horribly, too. And, you know, but they have the oil, and so we have to do business with them, and we kind of hold our nose. And and I think you see that in Star Trek, too. I mean, when the Ferengi are first introduced in TNG, they're supposed to be like these villains. Uh, Of course, they kind of get more cartoonish uh, as the the series goes on. But I don't think anybody in the Federation is ever like, oh, yeah, I want to hang out with the Ferengi. Dax being the sole exception, I guess. Um, Anyway... I had that thought, like I said, while well, I'm cutting my grass. Uh, you guys have a wonderful day. Uh, live long and prosper. Uh, Jake Sisko also wants to hang out with the Ferengi all the time. So That is true. It's not just Dax. That's true. Just wait till the Ferengi uh, invest in the PGA Tour. Is that a two-parter? It'll be, it'll be something. I'm just not going to be able to enjoy things anymore. That's the problem. Now, what are we doing? Evan Henkel hails us. Dear God, Matt, thank you so much for sharing the discovery of the New Yankee Workshop on YouTube. I guess it was on this one. It must have been on this one, then. I'm a woodworker trapped in the body of a futures trader who spent his childhood marveling (laughs) at norms. The inspiration for AI... uh, uh, Sorry, for Al. (laughs) Got AI on the brain. On tool time. Mm -hmm. Uh... I always assumed that was Norm's shop, so very interesting to learn. It was... I always thought it was Norm's shop, too. Being the New England... Being from New England originally, I think there's something about those Sunday afternoon building shows like NYW and this old house that just hits like a warm blanket and hot cocoa on a sunny day. I relocated to sunny California and recently purchased a million-dollar dump that's the going right for a house with no roof. And the videos from this old house have been incredibly valuable. Once the house is in livable condition, Norm's videos will be a welcome diversion as I transition to projects less about keeping my house standing and more about having some fun. Many, many thanks. And remember this. There is no more important safety rule than to wear these safety goggles. These, your safety glasses. <laughs> Go socks. Let's hope Make Dewey sure. hits a dinga. You read and enjoy. You read Now, you read and understand. Make sure you read and understand. All the all your all, all your tool instructions. <laughs> and there's no more important safety lesson than to wear these your safety glasses. Yeah. Um, and lastly, measure twice, cut once. Uh, entitled "A Joke for Andy." Um, apologies in advance. Question: Why did Miles O'Brien refuse to see his heart specialist? Answer. Because she was a cardiologist. Uh, should this be our final communique, I understand and respect your decision. And that was from our old friend, Lieutenant Commander Josh Bald, which was the only reason that I read it, because he was a, a loyal, long-term I mean, member of our crew. <laughs> yeah, you should have given it a little more, though. You should have, like, given... How would you? hit the cardi. Because you, know, really, like, you didn't... Oh, see, I feel like if you underline it too there. much, it... 
it, you, it removes. Oh, the, I think this is this is the this is this is the, the appropriate joke that is designed to be. Why did Miles O'Brien refuse to see his heart specialist? Because she was a cardiol cardiologist. Is that what you wanted? How you? How would you say the second part? Here, I'll I'll give you the setup. Why did Miles yeah. O'Brien refuse to see his heart specialist? Because she was a cardiologist. Oh, I see. Yeah. I see. There it is. Gotcha. That's how you do it. Gotcha. You're welcome. Well, it's, a, you. You know, it's a professional stand-up. That's how you telegraph it. <laughs> uh, um, if you would like to send us hail, I don't know why you would after that. It's sttncpod at gmail.com. Please put the title of the episode in the subject heading somewhere. You can tweet my co-host at Matt Myra or X my co-host. Or that's also his Instagram. My Instagram is at Andrew Secunda. Um, or my Twitter is at Secunda. Our Instagram and our Twitter accounts and our TikTok account and our YouTube account. Some videos going up on both of those things at Star Trek TNC. And if you would like to send any art or video or, uh, you know, any funny uh, visual or something that you, you know, you, you would like to see go up on the, on any of those platforms, um, it's, uh, it's, uh, uh, uh sorry, sorry, STTNC art at gmail.com. Um, and if you'd like to send us a voice hail, it's 816-TREK-TNC. Thank you, everyone. You're welcome, Matt. Frequencies closed, sir. All right. We crossed many doors to many places Your hails made us think of all your faces So plug TNC in your little Borg node Let's talk about this week's episode This week's episode, Second Sight, aired the 20th of November, 1993 uh, What was happening? I'll tell you what was happening uh, The number one... Hmm new lemon heads we did last week but it's the same either way so i do anything for love or into your arms dealer's choice uh we're gonna go meatloaf okay the late great meatloaf Hung on for a long time. Number one movie. You're asking me to answer the question? No, I wasn't sure if we were waiting for the hook to be over. Uh, oh, number nice. one movie, Adam's Family Values. Number one alternative nice. song, In Your That's Arms by the Lemonheads. Song in the Barry UK. Barry Sonnenfeld. Uh, it was a meatloaf song. Number one mo- TV show that week, 60 Minutes. Uh, events the food network makes its debut the atari jaguar system is released i have no memory of that 64-bit jaguar time magazine cover whatever happened to the great american job great question (laughs) matt what's the answer to that question (laughs) i don't know and i need one you know there were some rumblings that the strike was going to be over they were talking and i even had a friend said heard it's going to be over tomorrow that was from our mutual friend, Lauren. So I, I knew Lauren loves a, she's an ex-journalist and she loves to say a story. And so you got to kind of temper it with, that's probably not true, but that is a great yeah. story. And it wasn't true. Yeah. 
I mean, I would honestly the way things the way they things seem like they've been going, I'd expect some sort of resolution in the next six weeks. Doesn't really help me pay my son's preschool tuition, but nothing else really. I'm, whatever. Head over to patreon.com forward slash Star Trek TNC and support the show. That's all I can say. <laughs> um, Don't let them guilt you guys. Do what you need to do. I mean, I'm, I'm going to guilt you guys because <laughs> I need you to help us. <laughs> uh, what am I doing? Elsewhere in Trek. Right. So just be, we just Elsewhere list this out. in track. Let's see what's out there. Engage. What's happening? Well, um, while the U.S. was prepping for Thanksgiving, the Trek shows were celebrating Scientists' Wives with Secrets Week. <laughs> On <laughs> uh, November 22nd, TNG's Inheritance introduced us to Dr. Juliana Tainer, ex-wife of our old friend Noonien Sung. Who, so who had a weirder relationship, Cisco and the mysterious Fena or Data and his replicant mother? <laughs> In the land of memory beta, Dr. Tainer appeared a couple more times. Appropriately, one of them was with Flint, the immortal android maker from TOS's Requiem for Methuselah. Oh, interesting. Um, uh, the did you say that's it? I that's just it. Didn't understand. Oh, that's okay. it. That's all. That's all we have. Cool. Right now all that's left we... is to discuss the thing that is the purpose of the show. Second sight: Cisco falls in love with a woman visiting the station, but she's not what she appears to be. This was uh, here. Like my first clue was the cold open, but my second clue was. Teleplay by Mark Garrett O'Connell, Iris Stephen Bear, and Robert Hewitt Wolf. Story by Mark Garrett O'Connell. <laughs> Directed by Alan Singer, Alexander Singer. Um, Robert yeah, Hewitt Wolf, you, you got many... any questions for Wolfie? You want me to shoot him yeah. off? Whenever you see that many fucking names, the script's going to be a disaster. So you've said. I, oh, it's, it's, a, it's a fact of Star Trek. I don't know if it applies to other mediums, but Star Trek it certainly applies to. Hmm. I don't know if that has something to do with like how they uh, how they handed out credit on that show, in particular like it, like how Rick Berman was like divvying up credits. As yeah. we know in Enterprise, he wasn't so generous about that. <laughs> <laughs> I finally realize why I've had trouble sleeping the last few nights. Yesterday was the fourth anniversary of the massacre at Wolf Three Five Nine, the fourth anniversary of Jennifer's death, and the fourth anniversary of that phenomenal two-part episode of TNG. What if he said that and they just left it? <laughs> I'm not sure what bothers me more. The date itself, or the fact that it almost passed unnoticed. Is he playing three-dimensional chess by himself? Or is that a game with Jake that was happening? Maybe it's a... Yeah, sitting in his quarters. and Or an unfinished game with Jennifer. There's a couple of, like... There's a couple of beats in this that are just so awkward to act that I'm like I feel so bad for the actors but they did the best that they could and probably did as good a job as possible but feel free to point them out every time Cisco's distracted he's it's like the line that he has to like 
the line that he delivers is like, oh my god, this was written by a fucking child. Nah. It's crazy. It's nothing. <sighs> Come on. Tell me and about like, this and also weird like, dream. It's stupid. I, I don't understand so. why Jake is like, this dream is stupid, and you promise not to laugh. But I had this terrifying dream. <laughs> like yeah, it's like, dream why are you terrifying. setting it up like that? that why are true. you setting it up like that? You're 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 a teenager. You know when you you're it's a fucking nightmare. And you're sharing it with your dad. I don't think I don't think saying uh, promise not to laugh is like I don't under, I don't know why he said that because I was like listening to the dream and like this is this is fucking harrowing. But the thing about dreams is. If you talk about them, they kind of go away fast. Okay, but unless but they manifest as people. I don't know. I was I was on the station somewhere. I'm not sure where. And I was trying to get back here. But but I couldn't I couldn't find my way. I mean, every time I saw a familiar corridor, it it kind of led into some other direction. See, I, I told you it was stupid. You got me interested. Well, then, I, I guess I got a little scared and started looking for you. But I couldn't find you. Some somehow I ended up in ops, but you weren't in your you weren't in your office. And and then it was like like the like the floor started sloping, and and I couldn't keep my balance. And all I wanted to do was find you. It's not that harrowing. I mean, it's pretty harrowing. If anything, it's not it's not embarrassing or terrifying. It's just sort of it's like it's like when you dream you're at work. Um, embarrassing. I will say this: there are very few. I'm sure I can be proven wrong on this, but I feel like there are very few father son relationships on television. And I know you guys sort of had spoken to this relationship where it's just the father and the son having a healthy relationship and being kind of affectionate and sort of the father being gentle with the son. And then that's it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, they, they, but the, the, the beauty of it is they don't need to stir up drama there when they have it all over the station, you know? I guess that's true. Um, I'm also going to say a further thing, and I think I might take a lot of heat for this. Is Jake a little bit of a daddy's boy? I mean... Yes, his mother's dead. Of course he is. I was a big baby for a long time, but uh, I feel like Jake, you know, he's like... I don't know. He's, I feel like he, he turns to his dad a little bit uh, too much. Yeah, break free a little bit, Jake. He's all... I mean, he's an only child. That's first. You know, firstly, he's an only child. And when you have an only child... It's there. The attachment's very much like uh-huh. <laughs> they're not going to talk to somebody else. They're going to talk to you about it, right? Especially um, that his mom is gone. I think it's. I think it's because Jake plays. How old is he supposed to be? He just seems older. He seems like he's sixteen. I don't. I don't know. He's supposed to be a teenager, right? He's supposed to be like fourteen. He's playing only a couple years off. I don't, isn't a fourteen-year-old more rebellious already? Depends on the fourteen-year-old, right? I mean, I wasn't very rebellious at all. You must have been defiant. 
You develop that later? No, not really. Huh. Mary, what's your um, take? Um, probably the best of the bunch. I don't think I've seen the stars shine so brightly. Now, what makes her manifest wherever she manifests? It's unclear. It is unclear. I guess. But did she manifest there, or was she manifest and then she walked around the the, the station and? played out her secret desire which is to have a better relationship than with the blowhard better relationship or just a different relationship <laughs> are you are you saying that that in her dream self she's not giving this marriage enough of a chance <laughs> well it's just, I, I, the fact that she doesn't retain any of the memories of it right i think is like a little weird whatever it's all weird that would have been nice. I guess they have to do that so that it's like they can end it cleanly. But I feel like they, they do end it cleanly by him driving into the sun. No, I mean end it cleanly between them because she doesn't remember anything about it. So it's not like, well, they're not going to continue that relationship because she has no memory of the relationship. But uh, I feel like she could have like, at least on some intuitive level, like the only way to join them is by you know, bringing her her awareness at least of Fena in, into her her conscious brain, so she would remember it, but she wouldn't feel the same things that Fena felt. I don't know. Kind of like Gamora, right? Well, Gamora did. Running towards yes, something yes, yes. Sort of like away from something. Does that matter? Sometimes it just feels good to run. I never thought about it that way. That's what she's doing. I'm Benjamin Sisko, commander of the station. I'm Finna. Is she making up that name? No. Because she's. I'm so confused by the uh, command structure on board that ship, too, by the way. It's like a lieutenant junior grade that sits in the captain's chair. He's like a consultant, though, isn't he? Yeah, but shouldn't there be a captain on the ship? I mean, is it? Oh, oh, oh! I see. Oh, yeah, that is a good point. And also, like that guy, the delivery of that line, I was just like, oh wow, that some guy, people have it, and some people don't. That guy, as far is as like bonkers. being a captain, I started to refer to him as Lieutenant Bland because every every line reading is like he's staring into a mirror. It's just so that, weird. That this this one is like crazy. Commander is working. I'd hate to go to all this trouble without an audience. Professor, you'll be killed. What do you think you're doing? Making history! <laughs> and it's no mistake that they didn't turn around on him for that. Oh, no. I'm sure they were they were, they were desperately cutting around every single thing. He's about 60 seconds from impact. Gideon, you don't have to do this. We found <laughs> a way to... <laughs> Look at his turn. It's also... The turn's awkward. Same I wonder... I had a feeling you would, Commander. This is the only way I can really set her free, and I owe her that. Besides, this will be my crowning achievement. <laughs> Remember the fall of Kang? Well, this is one warrior who refuses to be pitied. What's he talking about? <laughs> <laughs> There's no... It's its not just a line reading. The His face is, like, completely unmoving. Doesn't there is no reaction at all. At all. At all. On any level. It's bewilderment. 
there is a reaction. It's be, he's bewildered is the he entire be- time. I don't even he's, feel like you read bewilderment on his this. His eyes are wide. He's like thirty seconds from impact. Maybe the secret Could story you- is he's an android. And then it's like, I mean, do we not have a captain on this just so that Cisco is the ranking officer? Like, is that why they did it? There, wait a minute. Didn't you tell me at some point that there could be other ships where there weren't captains? No. No? It's always a captain? Not that I, I don't recall ever saying. No, but they're like, yeah, if their captain is like incapacitated somehow, someone needs to take him. No, in. no. I thought that there were like some ships, whatever, medical ships or whatever, and it's like some lieutenant or somebody that's in charge. But well, I, guess, they, I mean, I guess, yeah, they can be on mission specific things like that. I mean, Cisco is a commander. I don't know yeah, if it's different. A station, not a ship. I see. So if it's a ship, the the top ranking officer is just a captain I, by default. I be also be referred to as captain. Uh huh. Right. That's the question. Um, the other thing that's funny is they have Richard Kiley as the blowhard, who is man of La Mancha, as uh, a bunch of million other things. We so spared no expense. It's hilarious. <laughs> they picked it's like one of the the biggest theatrical performances in Trek against that guy. <laughs> it's one of the most the the most unreactive performances in Trek. Oh my god, it's insane! And he's like he's you know, as we all remember in Jurassic Park, that's the voice that Hammond picked for his uh, Jurassic Park tour. <laughs> he did a lot of. Uh, of a uh, nature documentary voiceovers I never realized. He did, like, Ironic, because who plays Dr. Hammond? Richard Attenborough, whose brother is David, David Attenborough, Attenborough, who does, does all those nature documentaries. Right. What's happening? That's true. We live in the Matrix. It's all simulation. This is a simulation. I don't want to be in this simulation. Let me give it a try. Good morning, Major. Computer, one Chiralton tea with a double twist of lemon. Oh, that fucking Kira she, is majorly she, freaked out by this. This is like so weird to me too. Her reaction. Yeah, yeah. Like I get what you're trying to establish right. for the audience that this is a, this is a different mood Cisco's in, but we can see it in the performance. And also, we don't have to have her darting her head around she can just ask about it it's a major yeah it's a major overplaying of the thing and i don't know if that's written in the script but she's also so, play the it's a major thing. kira you know what i mean play the interaction they have then something wrong no nothing if something's bothering you, Major, I want to hear it. It's just... Uh, every morning for the last year, I've seen you walk in here and start your day with Arachtogeno. I love Arachtogeno. I know. You never even talk to anyone until you've had your first cup. Because I'm not awake until I've had my first cup. So... Also, you know what there is a lot of in this episode? Pointless dialogue? Actors forced to laugh. Oh, my God. It's a fucking fake There's laugh so fest. much of it in this episode. It's insane. It's amazing. <laughs> How come you're drinking Geraldton tea? I, uh... Red flag. <laughs> Did you see that? Did you see how many names? They filled the whole screen. Yeah. <laughs> I just felt like having something different. 
That is all right with you, isn't it, Major? You're in love. You can drink whatever you like. Well, thank you, Major. I appreciate your support. What I don't understand is why she's Jackson pissed off Jackson. about it. Go ahead, Lieutenant. It's That's the, what I'm wondering. The noting it is one thing. And maybe it's just like, well, Dax would notice it and she would be bemused. Kira would notice it. And what would her reaction be? I guess annoyed just because that's what Kira does. It doesn't make it Or sense. she's like her fucking, her, her hair's up because she thinks he's a Cardassian spy impersonating Cisco because of the order. Oh, that would actually have been a fucking great thing for her to state. Look, I Professor think it's probably not true. Life. but Are you a Cardassian spy? Just, I just got to check, because why would you order this? Or, here's another secret story. Is she in love with Cisco? And she's jealous, because she knows he's this in love. Doesn't, this, this isn't a secret story here. This is overt. Mm-hmm. If you'd like to meet him. On my way. His coffee cups, FYI, in this episode, get progressively bigger every time you see them. <laughs> that's, that's good directing. Yeah. Lieutenant... Where's our guest? Inside the flux. Because he gets less and less sleep throughout the episode because he's like in love. Yeah. Generator. What? What's he doing in there? He could be killed. Well, that's what I tried to tell him. And he went in anyway. Benjamin, have you ever met a terraformer? No. What's that got to do with it? Doesn't that kind of look like the bat symbol? Anything. It's an amazing talent bringing dead worlds to life. And I'll tell you something further. Humility and common sense. Uh, The reason I bring that up is because. at the beginning of the episode, Fen is there, and she pulls a Batman on him. <laughs> and he turns around, That's and she's true. gone. <laughs> That's true. So I have a side theory that uh, Fen is Batman. I have a side side theory that no one in Star Trek is funny. Well, that's not. That's more of a in fact. universe. I mean, no, no. I mean in universe. Yeah, I'm not saying they're not funny to the audience, right? Because there are jokes and they're great. Right. And all the best jokes on Star Trek don't get laughs. <laughs> right. From everyone around them. But here, it's a laugh riot. Everything's so fucking funny. That should increase your generator output by at least 5%. Ah, you must be Commander Cisco. Gideon Seatek, great pleasure to meet you, sir. Professor, I'm a great admirer of your work. Good. A man of intelligence and taste. I can see we're going to get along famously. <laughs> <laughs> My son and I visited They're also the giving too much. Here. It's yes. like, even if they were going to laugh at that, it'd be like, it'd be like <laughs> we're all friends. But like, it's, but it's also, oh boy, I am delighted. <laughs> but what's like killing me is like, you've met people like this, right? <laughs> you, you've met people that are, that are actually like this and they're saying things to you and you're like, oh, this is the 9,000th time you've said this to someone. Sure. And it's like funny in the moment, but then when you hear it, where you hear them do it to somebody else, you're like, oh my God. Well, this, <laughs> this person first... has a sickness. Sure, but this is the first time they've heard it, so theoretically. Deep Space Nine. I must say I you was impressed. It, you know what it is that bothers me about it? He says his little bit, and then there's another line there where he's sort of continuing to introduce himself, and then they all laugh together because that's mm-hmm. when it was written. They laugh right. in the script. And they don't laugh lightly, they laugh hard. <laughs> I created the place, and even I'm impressed. How did you like Da Vinci Falls? We didn't get to see them. We were on the surface only for a few hours. Oh, Commander. You miss Blue Horizon's crowning glory. 
Imagine water cascading off cliffs the height of Mount Everest, thundering through continuous rainbows straight into an ocean the color of sapphire wine. How would that be possible? Because the height of Everest, the atmosphere, it's going to be frozen. Matt, this There's is no. Another, you can't have running water up there. I don't care what. I don't care what you're terrifying. Planet. It's another planet. It's, have an it's a whole different rules apply. Get out of here. Go write Miami Vice. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know who the I mystery really woman is. She doesn't have a record. God, I wouldn't mind seeing it again myself. I may take you up on that. Good, good. But first, Epsilon One Nineteen, huh? Yes, I understand. The initial surveys look promising. Promising. Well, they look magnificent. <laughs> Imagine reigniting a dead sun, bringing new life to an entire solar system. Next to that, terraforming planets will seem like child's play. Let's hope it works. Right now, it's uh, a promising theory. Of course it'll work. I never fail. <laughs> well, I did once, but I found it didn't agree with me. So I swore never to do it again. I never break my word. Here's <laughs> the problem. Oh, you should be glad you're coming with me. The end of that joke is, uh, yes. I swore to never do it again. And then there's another line, and then they all explode. <laughs> it's like, well, first of yeah. all, the timing's all off, so you all look right. insane. <laughs> uh, that being said, really? Richard Kiley is fantastic in this episode. I oh, he's delightful. He's It's a very hard part, and he's fucking scoring, and he's really... He is like, even though the character is supposed to be kind of a monster, he's very charming. Is and, he, though? Well, he's charming in the way that confident people are charming even when they're monsters. But is he a monster? Oh, is he a monster? Do you think he's charming? All right. Yeah, I think he's charming, but full of himself, which right. is fine to be both. That doesn't make you a monster. Well, I guess I'm and just... And ultimately, of character, we know he's not a monster because he sacrifices himself. I guess that is true. I guess I was like, sort of taking it to be like, yeah, monster might be strong. I was taking it to be that he was such an extreme narcissist that this woman couldn't get out of the marriage and then she slowly destroyed herself or slowly was like <laughs> projecting herself outward. <laughs> um, so, but maybe that's an unfair read on him that has nothing to do with, you know, that maybe she's just a sensitive person he seemed to agree though he seemed to feel like they all left me and it's my fault but maybe he's being a decent person in self-evaluation yeah, then he's a lot you know right right that's is you think that's all he's saying he's not saying i'm a monster much. he's just saying i'm a lot yes crowning achievement <laughs> giving birth to a star even Judy i would Garland. have a hard time topping that one like my mother did. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been great, Matt. We could have used you. <laughs> May I? Be my guest. I'm going to need the extra calories to keep up with Sayatek. The man works almost as much as he talks. Benjamin? What? Are you looking for someone? I'm sorry. What were you saying? Uh, nothing important. I have to meet with Chief O'Brien. We are boosting the maximum speed of Sayatek's ship to warp 9.5. Wow. It's going to tear the fabric of space-time, but we don't care. Speaking of tears, Shohei Otani has a UCL tear in his elbow. He will not pitch again this year. Mm -hmm. That is a year-long surgery, and he's a free agent this offseason. Anyway. 
Are these Star <laughs> Trek characters? experiment fails and that sun goes supernova. Might as well be the greatest baseball player who's ever lived. I'm sure Jake and Ben play baseball with him in the hollow suites all the time. We're going to need to get out of there fast. I'll see you in ops. Look at how big that cup is. It's actually a teapot. Are they at Quarks right now? We're in a different part of this. That is another valid question. Be funny if she was floating in space this time. <laughs> Could she be? I suppose she doesn't need oxygen. No, she's just a figment of somebody's imagination. Benjamin, I was hoping I'd see you again. I was just thinking about you. Were you really? I'm- I thought at first I thought it was he was manifesting her because he was like, yeah, I thought so too. And then like the actual thing, I was like, what? <laughs> but I guess, I guess here's the thing. I, I agree with you. Well, I don't know if you're even saying this. Uh, this this episode is not satisfyingly structured in terms of this plot, but I think the concept that someone is escaping themselves by projecting another version of themselves in a physical manifestation is a cool sci-fi pretense. Yeah. But I don't think there's anything done to really explore that. That, I think, is the problem, yes. But uh, I think the starting point is nice. Where did you disappear to last night? Like, it'd be more interesting if Cisco knew about it. Uh Uh-huh. And yet was still, like... Well, I think... Maybe he finds out after the first encounter, and then we sort of have to see him deal with that, and, like... It's interesting because on on our show we had, we had talked about there's a lot of discussion about hiding the ball and they never want to hide the ball aka hide what the what the reveal is and I often find it's myself arguing on the side of like yeah let's hide it a little bit longer it's more fun and we can play out the concept more yeah for comedy but here the fun of playing out the concept as you're pointing out is once it's revealed this is just a straight romance until then right. And, and it's one that's fraught uh, on top of that. It would have been better if they had even gone further with the romance. Like, they could have filled up the time before they revealed it as, like, it really... Because she kind of just shows up and then disappears. And then shows up again and then disappears. And it's like, if it really was getting hot and heavy and they were getting intense and he was like... Because most of his thing is being moony-eyed thinking about her as opposed to really being in a thing with her so if it was that and that was almost spinning him out because he couldn't figure out who she was i think that would have felt like more of a story it's all these those pieces are there but it it's sort of more her appearing and then disappearing and him thinking about her separately and that's less interesting i think Right, yeah. I agree. Like, am I supposed to be on board for the mystery here? Like, what is this? What am I supposed to be doing here? I Why am I so. enjoying this? But the, it, takes a, it takes a long time for the mystery to, you know, for it to turn into a real mystery. I had to go. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to rush away like that. Does your invitation still stand? To show me around the station. What would you like to see? Everything. Everything. I've never seen That's anything before. That's going to before. take some time. 
I reside in someone's subconscious. I don't mind if you don't. I do like this view of the station from the pylon. Yeah, that's fun. It's wonderful. Thank you. You must come here all the time. Not really. But when I do, a ship is usually blocking the view. We should have brought a And I scream basket. in rage. Here. What better place? Do you eat? Well, You're imaginary. Tomorrow. <laughs> is that an invitation? Sounded like one to me. I'll see if I can get out of that woman's skull. (laughs) You know, I'm trapped in there. It's a very small room, like Jeannie's bottle. Then you can show me the rest after. Weirdly, I have memory of every encounter I have with you, but that's it. (laughs) I don't know where I come from or who I am. (laughs) No one's ever told me that before. There you go again. So. Tell me all about yourself. There's not much to tell. Whatever there is, I want to hear it. I can't. Can't what? I can't tell you. Why not? I'm sorry, Benjamin, but I have to go. Thunder, wait. Does she have to go because she knows that the other one's waking up or coming out of her super coma? Unclear. Although, is this the moment? There was one moment where she disappears. Maybe it was the earlier one. And Cisco chases after her. I guess it was the first time. And he looks over the, the railing and he's delighted <laughs> at her emotional unavailability. <laughs> he's like so pleased that she's so mysterious and he and unavailable. <laughs> What'd you think about this? Is like this is what I'm talking. This, oh, scene this is another is classic. Is yeah. where I was like, how 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 are they, uh, uh, how are they performing? How are they doing this? This is terribly written. I agree. At Altrina's lunch, and said, "Playing on food? Those are worms!" And Altrina vomited all over the table. <laughs> at least, at least let the actor get a piece of it. You know what I mean? Like, pick up some of what the kid's saying. Don't have him be totally lost in his soup. What do you mean? In a way that's like, like, he's just like, the way he's playing this is like, he's not hearing any of what his son is saying whatsoever. Yo, you mean unrealistic. Jake's an idiot. For, wait, are you saying that, that it's hard for, for Avery Brooks to play or for... Avery Brooks. Look what Avery Brooks has to do here. <laughs> it was pretty disgusting. <laughs> that's I mean, nice, Jake. I mean, I think it's just as I, hard from the kid's perspective you, because then he has to play it laughing full on when his father's giving him nothing. I know. He's like, Dad, this is supposed to be funny. Um, what's the, like, it's like, it's like this was the first draft that is of this. Like, yes. Which is weird because it went through five writers. Well, I'm nice. She sh- threw up. <laughs> I have a feeling the story changed a lot. Oh, I'm sorry. In this process. I guess I must have been thinking about something. As far as the story by person says, most of the changes were dialogue. <laughs> That's no surprise. No, no. This is what they changed it to. 
That should be a surprise. This is terrible. Well, I mean, it's no surprise because it's every time something wasn't working and they changed it, then, yeah, I guess the final the final oh. opinion should have been, you know, well, this still isn't ready, but they may have run out of time. <laughs> That's nice, Jake. Nice. She threw up. <laughs> hmm? Oh, I'm sorry. I guess I must have been thinking about something else. <laughs> Like, oh my God. How do you do that as an actor? How do you deliver that line in a realistic way? Because that wasn't realistic. That line is insane to me. The, to just go, oh, I'm sorry. I must have been thinking of something else. <laughs> it's like, to me, it's like... It's like soap opera. Don't, don't say TV. that. Yes, yes. And it's like, don't... Have your son say that. Have your son say, "Dad, are you thinking about something else?" Right. Have the have somebody don't have him announce that. That's well, such a weird thing. Not for to a mention, to it's do. a series of scenes. Well, maybe this is the reason they couldn't do it here. It's a series of scenes of Kira asking him what's really going on. Dax asking what's really going on. <laughs> yeah. So they didn't. Maybe they it's like, oh, we can't have Jake also ask him what's going on. Not to mention that they shouldn't keep having that Dad. scene anyway. Are you in love? It's kind of nice that he goes right for it. You know, with a woman. You're showing all three of the signs. Signs? The ones that Nog told me about. Loss of appetite, daydreaming, smiling all the time. You've been talking to Nog about women again? Look, I just want you to know that if you're in love, it's all right with me. Thanks, Jake. What's she like? She's, uh... She's like really Batman. Interesting. Interesting, huh? So when do I get to meet her? I think it might be a little early to do that. Why? She likes you too, doesn't she? I think so. So but then what's the problem? She runs away from me. After we're together. Or doesn't for- run. I don't know how she gets away so fast. She might be using a grappling hook to hide you know in the I've rafters. Looked, I've never looked up. I looked down. Yes. I've never looked up. Yes, so that might be the problem. I know that there are a lot of shadows around whenever she's around. She might be hiding in them. What can I do for you? I need to ask a favor, Constable. Of a personal nature. Go on. I'm looking for someone. A woman. Name? Fenna. First name or last? I don't know. Species? I don't know. Humanoid. What ship did she arrive on? I don't know. Well, what can you tell me about her? Let's see. I'd say she's about 1.6 meters tall. Brown skin, dark hair. The last time I saw her, she was wearing a... She was wearing red. (laughs) Talk about... This seems to be Avery Brooks's choice, that line reading. Oh, a thousand percent. I don't know. (laughs) And that... It's like, I gotta do something to sauce this up. (laughs) Put me in the mind of the uh, the, uh, National Lampoon's vacation quote, Weirdo-rama. 
like, what is with that? I need to find her, Constable. I think she may be in some kind of trouble. What kind of trouble? Uh, let me guess. You don't know. Well, it's not much to go on, but I'll do what I can. I appreciate your help, Odo. I will say this, Mateo. They, uh, for most of the episode, I was like, oh, whatever this creature is, whatever this. Well, that's the other thing. The reveal of it not being the, the, uh, it being a duplicate of the person's wife should have come way earlier. Way earlier. <laughs> but independent of that. Prior to this, I thought, oh, she's some kind of whatever spectral alien of some kind or some kind of you know thing that's derived from the emotional trauma that Cisco went through losing his wife and but one thing it felt like the episode was telling us is it's having some effect on him emotionally it is like these are not natural emotions from him he's not really in love and that's why he's acting all moony she is having some kind of weird chemical effect on him um, that's what I assumed. Or she was an alien that, like, one of those aliens that can make you fall in love with them, right? Or, um, a vigilante, a mass vigilante, or a mass vigilante, or maybe uh, she's a scarecrow, and that's the oh, reason. This is a fear toxin. Yeah. Oh, actually, I guess it'd be more, uh, more of a poison ivy situation. What's on your mind, Dax? I was hoping you had something to say to me. I don't follow you. You really have no intention of telling me, do you? Telling you what? Come on, Benjamin. I saw you with her last night on the promenade. What's your name? Fenna. But believe me, Dax, there is nothing to talk about. You used to tell Kershaw everything. Not everything. You know what I mean. It's because I'm a woman now, isn't it? <laughs> Don't be ridiculous. That's another one. What a laugh. What a laugh. That's his Indiana choice. That has nothing to do with it. Then tell me what's going on. I will. As soon as there is something to tell. He's being weird all through it. And I don't know if it's all the script. Supplemental. A lot of these are actors' choices. Now, I, I accept that it's that maybe the script is not leaving him with much, so he's trying to fill the void. But um, it's really it's a lot of very um, eccentric acting choices. <laughs> yes, I mean there's a there's a there is an eccentricity to it, but it also is like I feel like with what he's been given, he's like oh. We're in we're in crazy town. I will I will show up to that address. <laughs> I guess that's the thing. That's why I would have liked to find out that there was some motivation for him. It's like, oh, it's been affecting, you know, these creatures can affect even if it was the same thing, you know. Right. That somehow she pulls him into her dream, you know, scenario, you know, of having an, right. a different whatever um a different uh, relationship um i will say about that scene though uh they're constantly referring to uh dax and 
and Cisco's, you know, we were friends, <laughs> old man. Oh, the this is the first time it kind of felt like, oh, I could kind of see how they were friends, like how Jedzy is acting in that scene. She's even putting mm-hmm. her hands on her hips, like she's like, come on, tell me what's going on. You know, we do this, bro. <laughs> I kind of see it. Who are you going to the bone zone with? <laughs> Search for new information about Venna. In the meantime. Professor Sayatek has invited me and the senior staff to dinner aboard the Prometheus. It's part of the, the alien franchise. The needs the green thumb of a gardener, the eye of a painter, the soul of a poet. And of course, it doesn't hurt to be a raging egomaniac. Eminently <laughs> 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 qualified. Of course. <laughs> Terraforming is amazing enough, but I don't understand how you intend to reignite a dead sun. Basically, I'll use a remote piloted shuttle pod to deliver protomatter into the dead star. This will cause a cascade effect, which will transform the star's carbon and oxygen into elemental hydrogen. And then we just stand back and watch the fireworks. Of course, if it Kylie... doesn't work, it might be the last thing we ever see. He does really well with the, uh, with the techno babble and the science talk, too. Because there's so much passion behind it for this guy. I mean, it's impressive. That's not... Everybody can't do that who came from theater. This show is very good at casting, like, really actors with a lot of gravitas that can fucking deliver. And I wonder why they didn't... I guess they didn't do it more in the other shows because, no, there are a lot of guest stars. feels like a lot of the fucking TNG people that they brought on were a bunch of loxes. I mean, you've seen how casting departments can just drop the ball. Yeah. Precisely, and look at their work. Dark and dreary and dismal. (laughs) Art should be an affirmation of life. (laughs) For example, take my own work in the field. I once saw an exhibit of your paintings at the Central Gallery on Legobis 10. They certainly were memorable. I don't think I've ever seen such huge canvases. Doctor, nobody ever accused me of understatement. Certainly not anyone who's ever read your autobiography. Nine volumes and counting. <laughs> you know, I always said I wanted to write as many books as I've had married. <laughs> I mean, he's like, what am I doing <laughs> in this scene? <laughs> Wait till you taste the food my wife has been home. None of that replicated nonsense you're used to. No, no. Every dish my wife. Is prepared. <laughs> now he made it. The second he said it, I was like, "Oh, it's gonna be obviously, of course, her." Of and course. Then when it's, and then when it's her, but not her, I was like, "What is happening? This is very dumb." See, what bothered me is again, as with the the way that they have, he finishes the joke, and then he says another line, and then everybody keeps laughing. He says this thing, and it's like, "Oh, it's gonna be the wife." All right, well, let's get to that. And then there's like like several more lines and then the slow build up to the reveal. And it's like, come on, guys. We know it's going to be her. What are we taking this fucking road for? Commander, do you think he'd notice if we weren't here when he got back? Don't even think about it, Major. I've had dinner with about two dozen Bajoran ministers. I think you owe me this one. They are boring. Zemtek is one of the Federation's greatest minds. I know. He told me. Well, I, for one, find it remarkably entertaining. By the way, Bashir, nowhere to be seen when the shit goes down with that lady in the coma. (laughs) 
They're on a starship. There's a chief medical officer. That ship is the size of the Enterprise. Yeah. I, I, I'm, like, dumbfounded by that. I was like, where's the chief medical officer? Why are you standing with... Why is my fucking astrophysicist standing here with a tricorder to help this woman who has this thing that no one's ever heard of? My wife and my inspiration, Nadell. Now we have something to talk about. Um, clever girl, clever girl. Remember Jurassic Park? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I do. Cool. Uh, Can I help you with something? whatever his name is, does uh does not sciatic does not give a crap that everyone else walks out and he walks fully past Cisco who's standing stock still waiting to talk to his wife alone no he doesn't he's he's not concerned with that no they mate for life Oops, sir. Yeah, I guess that's true it would have been a lot easier if you told me you were married I don't understand <laughs> yesterday on the promenade, you had plenty of opportunity. Commander. No, like, I like how she doesn't go, oh my god. Yes. I must be projecting. Well, this is another thing of hiding the ball that's very frustrating. It's that it's just sort of like, she makes a look like, and obviously it's revealed later, that she knows what's going on. And why are they wasting all this time with it? And that does really slow down the episode. Uh, all that being said, I will say, Sally Elisa Richardson, who's playing Fenna Nadell, outside of being delightful, <laughs> is uh, really great in this episode. Because she just plays the other character, the Nadell side, just completely straight. And I think she it's very hard to play a dream girl that's sort of just playing into, you know, Cisco's fantasies. Who's also a vigilante. Who's also a vigilante. The that's face, the other the, the, the subtext that she's that. hiding. Maybe you have to talk to her when her husband isn't around. That's why Odo didn't give up on the case. That would have it's like Commissioner Gordon wouldn't have. It's just that this was the first time since Jennifer's death that I felt drawn to someone. Yes, she's a fake person, but still. He doesn't know that yet. The ball's been hit. I thought you should know I checked this week's docking and transporter logs. It would open up, I think it would open up a more interesting sort of line of questioning of like, is it appropriate to have a relationship with the astral projection of somebody else's wife if the astral projection has no knowledge of the wife's life? I think that's a fantastic point, not to mention the question that I thought that they were going to go for that they dispense with immediately of, oh, okay, the guy is going to kill himself... The woman is in a coma if the the dream version stays awake, can she manifest you know physical reality and then they're giving up the other woman or does this woman have to die because it's always about well, we have to value life, you know so if it's like whatever micro microscopic creatures that are in pain, we have to help them um but it's just like this is one of those tuvic situations like well, which creature are we gonna you know save here right and they just they just dodge that immediately and the other one disappears and that's that 
And there is no record of anyone matching the description you gave me. Thanks, Odo. But you can call off your search. I've already found the woman I was looking for. You did? And where was she, if you don't mind my asking? Aboard the I mean, how would I have not have found her? So I can beat up whichever of my other constables decided to check that area and didn't <laughs> find them. Yes. Are you sure? He's looking this is the other thing that I thought was crazy. What an asshole captain on the Prometheus. You got a crew of a thousand? You're not letting anybody off onto the station to have a fucking shore leave? Well, maybe as the Lieutenant Junior Grade, he doesn't have the authority to let anybody off. <laughs> you did. And where was she, if you don't mind my asking? Aboard the Prometheus. The Prometheus? Are you sure? Yes, we just left there a few minutes ago. That's impossible. What do you mean? I checked the deembarkation logs as part of my search. With the exception of Professor Sayatik, no one has left the Prometheus during the entire time it's been at the station. What? <laughs> what do you think of this quark scene? Quark, I mean, Quark's like, hey, I'm a fun, I'm a bartender. I enjoy that Quark. I enjoyed the dynamic. They needed a scene for Quark, obviously, and so I enjoyed the dynamic that he's like kind of saying the things you would want someone to say if you were obsessing right. over someone, which is, yeah. don't you want to talk about it? And he really just wants to get information and snuggle up to Cisco. But once again, it's not really moving the story forward in any way. <laughs> oh, no, none of these scenes move the story forward. In fact, even the next time we go to quarters and she disappears that's the next step in the story four scenes later of course not i'm finna you know that right now you have no knowledge of the person whose brain you beamed out of like I'm, this is like i don't understand how it works whatever well i mean i oh, think sure in I the know. end it's clear she projects out of him her she projects out of fidel what's her name nadel and uh and Nadell doesn't know, remember her, and she doesn't remember it. Um, but she holds memories of every time she's out of the bag? Yes. It's not clear why she has to go back or when she has but to go back. But then she doesn't recognize the professor? When the I, professor clearly goes, Fat, I knew it was you. I guess it's kind of a, a split personality sort of an issue. Kind of a mental disorder. And so it's uh -huh. like, and that's why, the, and he even feels like, he's describing it that way and and it's like oh yes this last time this happened it was really bad and so now that it's getting worse because the other woman's trying to escape her reality this is happening more and more and all those are interesting pieces i think that are not played out Nerese's pieces these are those are all interesting Nerese's pieces uh <laughs> that are not really played out enough because it's like that should all be gotten to much sooner that being said um i really like the the uh the actor <laughs> so <laughs> i was really rooting for cisco to to uh, have his nice little romance and uh and uh it was uh, upsetting that it sort of the story didn't support it have you finished loading the protomatter device into the shuttle pod? Have you finished loading the shuttle pod? Here's what I think happened. Okay. With this actor? 
Yeah, I'm Iris Stephen Bear, okay? Okay. In this scenario. Mm-hmm. I'm on set watching okay. this episode get shot. Mm-hmm. This guy starts reading lines. And I turn to the director and I go, oh my God. This guy can't be a captain in Star Trek. I've got to, we got to demote him. <laughs> I've got to talk to the costume department. Let's... let's Let's uh you think hold he just, for a sec. He just crossed crossed the set and it said, ah, I just gotta make a little adjustment. And he took some I of just, the pips I off. Just need two of these pips back, please. <laughs> it just doesn't I apologize, it just doesn't make any sense. What are you doing? Why? Hey, What's look, wrong with my performance? Why can't I be a captain? Mark Ericus Erickson playing Persol. Look, not every role's right for every person. It's okay. I always feel like he was like a friend or he was an extra that they were like, come on, give give Marcus shot. Well, maybe he won a contest, a fan contest. <laughs> I would love to hear that. I'm telling you, Commander, by the time I was through with it's you, it's face to face with this guy. Paradise. <laughs> How are we doing, Mr. Pearson? We'll be initiating preliminary scans in a few hours. And let me know also, I've been there. dead for 12 minutes. Well, Professor, <laughs> you must be eager to get started. What did you call this, your crowning achievement? Uh don't remind me. Uh, let's see here. Mark Erickson also appeared in the films The River and American Gothic as a dancer. Erickson appeared in productions of Phantom of the Opera. Okay, we're finding out a little bit more. Was he the Phantom? <laughs> I wonder. No, that would that would it would say that, right? Yeah, I guess he wasn't the Phantom. <laughs> I just say at least if his pa- most of his opera. face was covered by a mask, it would explain something. But uh, there's a lot of singing <laughs> and uh, projection involved. So, <laughs> oh my god, hang on, give me the way. I always do this. I always I don't like the way that they hyperlink things in Memory Alpha. Sometimes is like they put like. Mark Erickson's link at the Internet Movie Database. And the Internet Movie Database, you click on that, and it just links to the main IMDb page. You got to click the name. You got to click on the guy's name. And yeah. it's like, well, I don't, just, just don't make two hyperlinks there. <laughs> well, what if you just want to see? What if you've gone to that Star Trek page to see how to get to IMDb? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Let's see. Uh... He's been an actor, a previous actor in nine different things. He was the boy in Tree in Alfred Hitchcock Presents in 1960. The boy in Tree or the tree? Boy in Tree. Boy, I don't want you to say anything else. You are a terrible actor. You're so wooden that I'm making you part of the tree. <laughs> that is now the plot of this episode. Uh, anyway. Okay. Commander, my entire life has been a series of escalating triumphs. Uh, boy, I live do I know that song? Knowing that no matter what I achieve, there's always another triumph waiting for me. No. Uh, are you familiar with the Klingon poet Gatrock? A little. The fall of Kang is required reading at the Academy. Uh, <clears throat> so, Which is hilarious because then the guy who's supposed to be in command of the ship doesn't know the. doesn't 
re- doesn't re- like under like doesn't get the reference, even though it's required reading at the academy. <laughs> right, like this guy, this guy really fucking. <laughs> He's the worst. <laughs> Talk about a fucking lieutenant, <laughs> lifelong lieutenant. There's parades and respect. There's. I like to think there's another version of him in an alternate timeline that fought a Nausicaan in a bar and became a much more interesting captain. <laughs> Is this the manifestation of <laughs> Lieutenant like Junior Grade Picard? Yes. <laughs> well, he certainly fits the... I am not that man. He has no imagination. <laughs> he is bereft of feeling, of emotion. <laughs> she does. It's interesting there's so many Marvel references to uh, Kang the Conqueror in this episode, too. Benjamin. Benjamin, I'm so glad to see you. Dax, report to my quarters immediately. You gotta see On this. She's in a red dress. Benjamin, what's wrong? <laughs> was I right or was I right? I it's the dress. It's vanished. red. I'm with you now and I'm never gonna leave you again. I wish I could believe that. All we gotta do is keep this lady in this coma. You have to, Benjamin. Dax, this is Svenna. Isn't she pretty? Sorry, she's not going to hurt you. I'm not reading any cellular structure. No DNA patterns. She's pretty great dress, too. Benjamin, what is she talking about? I think it's time we find out. (laughs) He's going to reach his hands forward and strangle her. Your pure energy. I must try to dispense with you. (laughs) Ambu Jitsu, here we go. Hellfresh, he won't wake up. <laughs> the brilliant scientist man. His wife's in a coma and he's just shaking her shoulder. <laughs> I've shaken her as much as I can. It's done nothing. I've, I've tossed this shoulder and the other one. <laughs> the doctor came in and I sent him away. He wasn't shaking her at all. I was like, get away from my wife. <laughs> She's in shock. Her respiration is shallow. Her heartbeat is irregular and falling. Her blood pressure is dropping. Benjamin, she's dying. But you've got to do something! I don't know that I can. Fenna! I've got a question. This is not... This, I don't know that anyone actually is going to answer this question for me, but... Okay. That little clicky noise that the tricorder makes when it opens, uh-huh. is that just the sound effect, or does the prop make that sound? Oh... All right, I'm just wondering. Thank you. Yeah. I should have known. I don't know what you're talking about. Just look at her. But like, why does this? Why, why does Fenna not now remember the husband who obviously he's encountered before? I mean, I guess it's just a reset every time she reappears. But she remembers everything with Cisco. But it's a reset every time she reappears in between episodes. Like episodes is of psych- TV shows, no. <laughs> psychotic. I know, I know, yeah, I know what you're saying. Well, she's only in this episode. How is that possible? <laughs> it would make more sense if she was just like, <gasps> "That's me. Why is that me?" 
looks like me. Of course she looks like you. She is you. The real you. Professor, what the hell is going on here? Great question. My wife. She's real. She's an illusion created by my wife's unconscious mind. My wife. That's not true. Benjamin, you know that he's lying. Nadell is a psychoprojective telepath. Fenner is just another one of her projections. Lieutenant. I want to hear more about that. Like these. I know. I want it to be like multiplicity, where there's all those Michael Keatons. Oh, yeah. That would have been great. Actually, like yeah, like that's that, a great idea. If it, be... like, if also if they were each a little different, yeah, and it's like, well, exactly. why are they? And then, and then one's in the end, they're animal. all there, except that that uh, that there's one that's really decent and nice and uh, is is slightly hotter than the other ones, and um, yeah, obviously, and that's the one that Cisco's in love with, and he has to give her up in order to get rid of all the other ones. By I the way, I want them to be like Michael Keaton in Multiplicity. You want one even to be a real acting, dummy. Even and... though they're acting like Michael Keaton in Batman. <laughs> the love um, is giving up enormous amounts of energy. Matt. Yes, it's an underrated Harold Ramis film. I love it. It's okay. John Delancey's in it. Oh, right. Um, I forgot what I was going to say. I'll tell you if I remember. Andy McDowell. That's right. Gee. The... The other I ones have sex with her. More than an hour or two like this. It's very weird. <laughs> uh, hey, they're copies, you know. Even the dummy has sex with her. That's the weirdest one. Or does she have sex with the dummy? <laughs> Either way. He's dying! You've got to do something! There's nothing I can do. Get Fenner to my quarters. At the end, they open a pizza place. Notice I can turn it. about that. Get out of here, Dax. Benjamin, I want to stay with you. It'll be all right, Fenner. You can't. He's going to kill you, even though you're not real. I just need to talk to Professor Sayatek here. I'll try and suck you into a, a Ghostbusters trap. Adele doesn't even know this is happening. Or she's a great In times liar. of deep emotional <laughs> distress, Alana but she sometimes... Did, she did seem to know when he was talking to mention Fenner. My wife is very emotionally distraught. It's happened once before, three years ago, on Rosa Prime. Nearly killed her then. I wonder if they... She swore to me it had never happened again. <laughs> Wait, uh, hold on, hold on. Nadell doesn't know any of this is happening. But Correct. she knew it happened before because she swore to him. That it would never happen again. So I guess she, he's saying she doesn't know what's happening now, but she did know it was happening originally. I think it was after the doctors told her what was happening. Well, then also, also she has to know. She has to know that her her race of aliens. This is a thing that happens. Well, this was the other, I remember now what the other question I had was: wasn't Odo? And maybe I misunderstood. And he was talking about one of these people. Wasn't Odo talking about somebody else? That was coming on. That was a telepath, and keep your five meters yeah. distance from them. Yes. Who's that? A unseen criminal. Just a little, like you know, little, 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 little James Bond teaser. Doesn't have anything to do with this plot. Why would you put in an episode that was going to be about psycho projections? Yeah. This other thing that was about a telepath. Again, keep your distance. Take, take a look at that. That that writers' credits. Take a look at how many there are. 
Do you think it was a remnant of a previous I solution do. or a plot? A remnant being a thing that's left over for in the script that nobody took out. I do, but they like needed a way to get into the scene with Odo anyway. Yeah. Even though they could have just had Cisco walk in, but he was just in the previous scene. But also, frankly, that would have been a better development that it's like, even if it was still coming from Nadell, that it was someone provoking it because they knew that she would project something that Cisco would fall in love with to fuck with Cisco somehow. For That's some nefarious you're end. For in this episode is nefarious fucking with Cisco's. I'm looking for something to explain why he's acting this way, other than this lady being a delight. Have you not seen him step on hot sand? He's got this in him. Ow! Mm-hmm. The others all had the good sense to leave me. But why can't Nadell? What keeps her with you? Alanan's mate for life. I wonder if that's a physical thing. It's an, she can never leave me. A cultural thing. No matter how much she might want to. Maybe it's a weird physical thing because they're, you know, they have these, this power of telepathy. Right. Break that bond could do uh, irreparable damage to her. I was also wondering if this guy, if it was sort of like they should have had Nadell be aware of this and go, oh no, uh-huh. look, you have yeah. to forget about me, I blah, blah, blah. But they wanted to give more of a scene to Richard Kiley because he's so great. But then in the process, they just slowed the plot down more. Not to mention that the other lady is also great. I mean, I think we're really underselling how great this lady is. Sure. Sally Richardson. Whitfield. No, no, no coincidence that she became a huge star. <laughs> I wouldn't trade it for I think she deserved to. I didn't really. I mean, she did send some dream. some Marvel television stuff that I'm sure I've seen her in, but nothing in And she won't remember any of it, will she? There's no way to be sure. I love you, Benjamin. And I always will. Until I. I love you too, brain life. puppet. <laughs> <laughs> Now I return to that lady's skull where I live. Let's uh, see how Captain Fabulous is. Look, look at his face, first of all. Oh, sorry, I interrupted. Go back. I want to hear that again. My way. He's opening a channel. On screen. (laughs) I hope this. On screen. Not even like the. Not even the actor choice to like. Put it on screen, like not, not even like to like acknowledge that she said it. He just stares dead straight. He doesn't seem like an actor. He seems Correct. like somebody's friend that they put in there. Meter is working. I didn't go screen. to all this trouble without an audience. Professor, you'll be killed. What do you think you're doing? Making history. We didn't count his lines. Oh, we didn't. So that's two. Hey, yeah, that's wait. We got to go back. He has a line here, doesn't he? Uh, when they first get on the ship, he's talking to Dax about something. I can tell you, if he's got five, it's going to be far too joyous a song for this guy. Uh, 
that that's one right there hang on have you finished loading the protomatter device into the shuttle pod all set the containment fields are holding fine remote guidance systems are fully operational i'm telling you commander by the time i was through two is that two or one that was one okay one i think that's it right in this scene then he's got two later his eyes (laughs) in the words of George Siegel are dead (laughs) you might want to record this for posterity and all that he's about 60 seconds from impact I gotta go back because I think he had another line somewhere besides on screen record this for Posterity and all that. He's about 60 seconds from impact. Gideon, you don't have to do this. We found a way to save Nadell. I had a feeling you would, Commander. This is the only way I can really set her free. I owe her that. Besides, this will be my crowning achievement. (laughs) Remember the fall of Kang? Well, this is one warrior who refuses to be pitied. What's he talking about? Klingon poetry. (laughs) 30 seconds four. from impact. That's four. Gideon, okay. I want you to turn the shuttle pod around now. That's an order. Too late, Commander. I've already entered the gravity well of the star. Engage the tractor beam. He disabled it before he left. Five! five. He did it! <laughs> I can't believe it! He's at over five! You know what's a shame is, it kind of occurred to me like, oh, maybe that's the reason he was so terrible. Is like they couldn't get anyone decent because it was only four lines. Oh, but no. That's not at all what happened because um, he he's he's got him he's got him. Where'd it go? Well, there it is. did it I'm really proud of himself myself after all I couldn't leave such an important document to some stranger do me a favor and see that it's sent to the Daystrom Institute for publication huh? you have my word put it next to Kirk's body I mean uh... (laughs) let the record state that he sacrificed himself on the altar of science 10 seconds I'll be sure they get it I'm sure I can count on you Five seconds. He's very happy for someone who's right. You'll never see anything like this again. Let me <laughs> what do you think of the guy at ops? It's amazing. <laughs> the guy at ops, like it's just like <laughs> it's like no one gave him the direction that there was any, going to be anything on screen that was going to be impressive. Are we are we rolling? Am I supposed to be reacting to this? Is 
she's crying because she knows that the wife's going to wake up now because somehow the wife now knows that he's dead. So it's got to be a biological thing. I mean, this is what the question is because she's crying as though she's made the decision. And also Cisco's conversation with her implies that she can make the decision to return to Nadell's skull, uh, to skull room, skull condo. Um, but, uh, but so it's like in the close up, it looks like she's realizing she's going to lose Cisco because she's making that decision. But then in the wide shot, it looks like she's looking at herself like, oh no, I'm disappearing. So I don't know. I think it's B. I think it's B. She's just as Meanwhile, I'm happy to report Nadell has made a complete recovery. Unfortunately, she has no memory of Fenner's experiences. Is this still a personal log? Commander. Is this the official log now? Unfortunately, is editorializing. How did you know I was here? Lieutenant Dax told me. So, when does the Prometheus leave? Soon. I just wanted to say goodbye and thank you. It'll be good to get home. How long did you plan on staying on New Helena? For the rest of my life, I've been gone too long as it is. I like that she doesn't approach or walk further with him. Yeah. That's good direction. Also, this is a good comparison with uh, Lieutenant Pearsall. Uh, sorry, Lieutenant Junior Grade Pearsall. Because it's like, she has also made the choice in this persona I that I could remember to restrain all her emotions, and yet she is still emoting beneath that. Whereas he is dead inside. What she did. And out. And out. How she felt, but I can't. I'm sorry. That's all right. I can remember for both of us. Tell me one thing. If I can. What was she like? Fenna. She would wear red. Ow! <laughs> she was just like you. That's a weird thing to say. It is. That's why she's like, I'm going to go. A toodle. <laughs> Exit downstage. <laughs> what if he turns and she shoots up into the rafters with a grappling hook? <laughs> and you're left like, oh my God, what's the real story here? <laughs> Um. Yeah. Okay. That is an episode of the show, Deep Space Nine. And let's hear who the MVC is of this week. I mean, could be, could be pretty much anybody. Everyone did so much stuff in this episode. There's so many stakes. They're huge. That many. Who's the MVC? the MVC? Will it be Cisco, Dax, or Kira Reese? It can't be Worf until season four, but there's a Brian, Bashir, and even Quark. And don't forget about Odo and more. Quarky is not MVC. Kira. Hmm. I guess O'Brien's doing his duties, doing a good job. Staying on top of things. Bashir doesn't help anybody do anything. Kira just is annoyed by his coffee order. Uh, Dax sort of does aids some stuff. in some of the 
But is this like this is about terraforming? Is that the main thing this guy's trying to do? Yeah. Um, I guess she helps out with the terraforming. <laughs> this is mm-hmm. mostly like just doing your job episode. Odo doesn't even figure out who this lady is. Correct. So he didn't do his job. Um, so I guess between Dax and O'Brien, right? Anybody else? I mean, even Cisco. S- does Cisco do anything though? I guess no, she. Really. I mean, it's whether you believe that 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 um, Fena even had the power to go back into into the the mind condo. I don't. I think it was a. I think it was like when well, as soon as he died, it freed her biologically. Well, then the conversation he has with her is irrelevant, and it then is. he doesn't do anything else. So okay, great. So is it Odo Dax. or Dax? Enjoy, enjoy your, enjoy your MVC. Yeah, Dax. let's say Dax because it's because. Uh, but Brian, we didn't see what he did. He made the engines faster, but who cares? <laughs> <laughs> How many Andy's does this episode get? Ten. Um, that's right. I agree. What if we gave this a ten? <laughs> it would really anchor people. Uh, it's a three for me. It's not unpleasant to watch in the sense that like the performances are are interesting, you know. And Richard all Kiley's, the performances except for Richard one Kiley's are, are a lot great. of fun. Yeah. Richard Kylie's fun. Uh, but it just like the story is nothing. It does nothing. I know, like the emotional underpinning of the story about about cisco and and his wife and moving on from that i know that that, but that's not really addressed in a satisfactory way uh and they hide the ball too long on the alien problem and uh, they could have done some interesting things exploring that so i think it's a kind of a failure across the board minus richard kiley's acting uh, so i'll give it a three here's a crazy spin to suggest that has nothing to do with the andes (laughs) What if halfway through, independent of this other weird thing with Cisco, they revealed that Richard Kiley was a Q and he was just using all of his power. That's why he was so good at all these things. And he could do art and all this stuff because he was just pretending to be a human. <laughs> okay. He, he had a very Q personality and he was really delivering it like a Q. I think it's a great character. And I almost give it more points just for that and that performance. Um, it's a shame that they killed but, him off. You, know, you told everyone to watch it, so um, now you, that they have, you definitely, uh, you definitely have convinced me of more of its flaws with your, with your overpowering rain cloud. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that from this episode? <laughs> that was my favorite part. Uh, <laughs> um. Ironically, that was that was much more convincing because I landed on something and you responded at the I right know, time. I know. I didn't wait for you to say a different sentence afterwards, um, and you delivered it much more convincingly. Um, I like the scene with Jake and his father. <laughs> there, I just yeah, that, I did, the, I did the DS nine yeah, timing right. Uh, you, you you had the scene with Jake and his father at the beginning. I like the romance stuff. I like the actress. I like Richard Kiley. Um, um, it doesn't hold together, and it doesn't. And they should have gotten to all this shit much earlier. I also like the concept. I was interested in the romance no plot, and from that perspective, 
I do kind of say like, oh yeah, oh they're gonna get to a whole a whole romance plot, and uh, and often I don't like it. I kind of liked how they were getting into it, and that it was kind of dreamy, but it does get really slowed down. So I give it a five. Okay. What'd you give it? Three. Three. So we're not even that far off. Um, There's I might only give it ten f- numbers. We can't theoretically maybe give it a five point five. I'm going to give it a five point five. All right, move further away from me. Whatever. Yeah, but Let's it's I care. It's got it. Matt's right about all the flaws. I can't dispute I any of them. I'm out of here. I'm going to go back to a five, and I'm going to leave. Disengage. <laughs>